What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 180 in year four, and ooh, we got some interesting things to talk about on this podcast, but we're going to start off by letting you know today they are showing uh, Suicide Squad footage of the new uh, game at a PlayStation event. We were going to hold off, but it's just gonna, it would have pushed the podcast back way too much. And we're just going to be talking about that next week. So um, if you are curious about that, that will be, be talking about it next week. So if you are only here for that, come back next week and we'll be talking about <laughs> it. Um, but anyways, the other big news of this week is there's a lot of rumblings about Aquaman 2. And it not being good and also cameos that were supposed to include some Batman are also gone. Now, Clay... What are uh, you were the one that posted this in the Discord? Um, originally, I was like, eh, I'll take it with a grain of salt because that's a translation, and I've seen people translate shit before, and it's usually yeah. bad. But then a lot of reports started coming out about Aquaman uh, not being good, like actually per- apparently being terrible, which is really weird because we were hearing very early on that this was a great sequel. Yeah. Now I will go ahead and and put it down there that. Uh, I had also heard that it was going to be a lot more comical. Um, there was there was reports of it being kind of uh, funnier than the first one. Mm-hmm. So I was taking that with a grain of salt, but I was still hearing a lot of great stuff about everything else. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, at least we're going to get a good enough sequel. Um, now we are hearing that with some plot changes that have happened within the last, I feel like, year. Yeah. Um, the screenings have been so bad that people actually started to walk out, um, which is crazy. And yeah. I didn't know this, but apparently that doesn't happen. Like, people mm-hmm. don't walk out of screeners just because, like, it's an opportunity for you to watch the movie early. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, great. You know, you should be able to watch that the whole thing uh, mm-hmm. because you've been given that opportunity. But for it to be so bad that people actually walk out or and are super uninterested, yeah, that's kind of worrisome. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I mean, they we have yet to see a trailer for it. Um, and the thing is, is that like they dropped concept work at one point, and it seemed like there was going to be a huge war in that movie, which yeah. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. I also heard vibes about it's supposed to be the sea versus the land. You know, very like yeah. Aquaman is kind of like a political type movie to where it's like y'all are destroying the ocean like what the fuck you know and there was a uh a story in new 52 justice league mm-hmm. uh written by jeff johns uh where ocean master yeah of course he was the uh the, the villain in the in the first okay. one uh but they basically took the storyline from the justice league movie and put it into this one. Yeah. Um, apparently, that was the plan for the first movie, but they thought it was a little too heavy. And, you know, maybe if the world was a little bit more developed, they could finally do that. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, ironically, this is going to be the epilogue to the freaking DCE. Yeah. Uh, but this, I, I'm very confused as of, like, what the story will be now. And, like, a lot of people are still hung up of, like, okay, is Amber Heard, like, cut all the way? Is she not? Like, what's going on? Uh, And it just kind of sucks. I think this is going to deter 
uh, for sure, James Wan away from superhero movies because he kind of got fucked over on Swamp Thing. Well, not kind of. He got fucked over on Swamp Thing. Yeah. And now with all of this uh, happening with this movie, I think he's just done. Yeah, I, I could see that, too. Uh, it's unfortunate. He is friends with James Gunn, though, from what I understand. So James could be like, hey, I'm sorry that everything fucked you over. But, you know, it could be a new leaf. Do you want to take on a new project? You know? Yeah. Like, that could be a thing. And, like, I'll let you do it. As long as you fit it within the story, you'll be good. Uh, because, yeah, the old team seemed very dysfunctional, obviously. Uh, that's why we were hoping somebody like a James Gunn would come around and put some stability into the DCU. Um, this is going to be very interesting, though. On So let's just assume all the reports are correct, right? And that this movie is going to be fucking awful. That sucks for two reasons. One, I mean, it sucks that any movie is awful. That's a superhero movie, you know? But two, everybody, because this is how dumb people on the internet think, are going to blame this on James Gunn. Yep. When he has no, like, uh, you talked about this. You're like, oh, well, he kind of gave notes. And I made the comment in Discord, because I said, in Discord for full context, I said, until these next four movies are done, which is Blue Beetle, Aquaman, Flash, and Shazam, I was like, I'm not throwing any, if they, if any of these are bad, I'm not throwing them on James Gunn. And then Clay was saying that, like, oh, well, he had some input on it, so you can't say it's 100%. I was like, true, but... You know, I could put fucking perfume on on a turd, and it's still gonna fucking it's still gonna be shit. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So like, you can only add notes to so much stuff and try to change it. Speaking of Shazam, this mm -hmm. came out this morning. Shazam: Fury of the Gods is tracking to earn between forty three million and fifty two million during the domestic opening weekend. This is one of the worst opening weekends in the history of the DCEU, worse than Shazam, which was fifty three point five million. And Black Adam, which was sixty-seven million. Damn. Yeah, I don't know how to to pump those up. Um, you know, I don't know what it's gonna take to to get people to go watch those. I think once people start hearing about Wonder Woman, I think they'll be like, "Oh shit, they're gonna go watch it." You know, if that's yeah. true, which maybe they drop a trailer with her in it before to go just to know. just to make sure, yeah. like, hey, yeah, let's let's get people in these seats. Yeah. I would do it day of, like make a big push day of so people are like oh what the fuck instead of like you know the people that already bought tickets like don't ruin it for them um but like i'm talking about like that friday that weekend just start dropping trailers with her in it because there have been moments of of movies doing well the second weekend and not necessarily the first weekend so we'll see what happens but um yeah i don't know uh that's gonna be really weird but we also heard reports about Ant-Man not going to be doing well because of the ratings. And it fucking looks like it did fucking fantastic. So, yeah, I, it it definitely did like for worldwide box office. Um, we are still waiting to hear uh, this upcoming like, well, today and Friday yeah. to kind of see how well it did like on its second weekend, you know, uh, yeah. or going into the second weekend. Uh, Cause that's really post COVID. The first weekend is fine for any and all movies. Mm -hmm. It's the second weekend drop that you really have to look at as far as yeah. the percentage of how many like tickets are being sold from what I've seen. If like it is a 65 or above drop, 
it's dead in the water. Like you should not even like consider it a a win win yeah. uh, with some of these movies. And some of them have been very surprising. I mean, fuck, freaking Avatar. Like, what the hell? Uh, I don't, man, that's got some Illuminati type shit behind it. Because I don't know how that movie... Like, I don't know if it's big in other countries. Like, I don't know if it's like 2 billion from other countries and America's only playing a few million, you know? Because yeah. I don't understand it. I don't hear anybody fucking talking about that film. And if they do, they just say it's too long. So, yeah. like, I don't understand that. But, you know, I mean, it seems like December is the perfect place to drop a movie. I, I feel like that movie was delayed so much waiting for a December when it there was going to be no competition. <laughs> because there hasn't been. Like, because nobody no. drops movies in January or nope. really February. Yeah. And so, like, it's like if you drop that last week of December, it's like you got two weeks of no competition. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it kind of crazy. Which is the reason why, like, maybe Aquaman will still be safe because it's dropping in December. Yeah. But is there going to be another Avatar in December? So Avatar, I don't think, is happening until 2025, I think. Oh, so it's waiting for another no December. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be wild. Um but yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be uh, oh, very... Wait. Actually, it's December 20th, 2024. So it's next year. Okay. <laughs> well, we technically don't have a... At the moment, we don't have a superhero movie for that. That's true. You know? I mean, 2024 might only have Superman... Wait, it's not even Superman, right? No, 2024... The only thing you, we have in 2024 is Joker 2. Yeah. I mean, Joker 1 carried that one year. So... Yeah. We'll see how Joker 2 does. We'll be talking about Joker 2 later. But, uh, yeah, how would – I'm trying to think, man, because that really sucks for James Gunn. If people are def... – if this is going to be a super flop, you know, people are going to, you know, obviously blame him, be like, oh, you know, we're we're already seeing the fire James Gunn shit, so that's yeah. going to suck. I mean, it's not like anybody should pay attention to that. Here's what I would do. Because if this is going to really suck, then this is th – we're hearing that these rumors are fueling the fire – of why he's going to be Lobo, you know? And so, you know, and he, we had that one person talking about Aquaman 3, so I guess they'll probably be like, that's just not going to happen. What I would do is I would, or I mean, Aquaman 3 could happen, just with Namamoa. What I would do is the Flash happens, right? I don't know why the Flash is happening now before Aquaman. When you, If you just switch those two movies, you know, you could be like, oh, every, the Flash resets everything. So bada bing, bada boom. And it's very convenient because one of the scoopers, the main scooper that I had told you had said like, oh, there's been bad things happening with the screeners of yeah. Aquaman. He did mention, he says, I know the main man himself wasn't mentioned in Gunn's first chapter for the DCU, but I can confirm that this project uh, with Lobo is an active development right now. Yeah. So what I would do to save like, to save just like faith with the DC audience when before Aquaman starts, I would have a black screen and it says this movie, the, the events of this movie happened before flash and that's it. Cause then you can erase the whole fucking movie. That's what I would do. See, and that's um, the main reason why we're talking about Aquaman two today mm -hmm. is because we had heard so many different things 
Keaton was showing up in the movie. Oh, well, they erased that. Now, uh, now, uh, Ben Affleck's going to be in the movie. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a in a weird way they're both going to end up in the movie. Like we we're hearing all of these different things to make it kind of fit within the realm of the DCEU and how Flash was going to affect it. Yeah. But if it takes place before the Flash, I think that is so much smarter because all of this crapshoot can happen. Yeah. Then you can literally watch it in timeline order. This happens, then you watch The Flash, and then you're like, oh, well, James Gunn's DCU is happening now, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that would be for the best. As far as, like, the the fade to black and, and we see it or whatever, I don't know if that'll happen. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's enough time to put something like that at the end of the movie. I would do it right at the start. Because if you put it at the end of the movie, like, unless the plot points, like, really talk about the events of The Flash, like, mm-hmm. if, if, it, if it doesn't mention The Flash at all, then all you have to do is you just be like, this movie took place before The Flash. And that was because it. I have always kind of headcanon this movie, Aquaman 2, mm-hmm. taking place coinciding with The Flash. Like, it, they're happening at the exact same time. Oh, uh, because I assumed what would ha- what have what would have happened was we would have seen Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we didn't know exactly how they were going to play everything out in the Flash, I assumed we would see Ben Affleck as Batman, and then at the end of, mo- of the movie we would see Keaton because there were so many rumors of like Keaton taking over the role of Batman yeah. for the rest of the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's how I thought it was going to play out. So I think they could still play with that a little bit. Yeah, and then regardless if they're happening at the same time and they both end at the same time, it still gets erased because of flashpoint. Yeah. It'd be interesting. And you, we didn't confirm if this screening happened after the reshoots or with the reshoots. Like, is it bad because of the reshoots? I think it was because of the reshoots. Yeah. Then why wouldn't you go back to the original version? I I don't obviously still have it. Yeah. Um, imagine, was, fuck, imagine if Hollywood had this rule of like, once you do research, you just delete everything else. <laughs> that would be fucking wild. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm just worried for the backlash that it's going to have, you know, because it's just going to like, that's the one thing that sucks about, I feel like Marvel fans don't, maybe they deal with it all the time, but I just don't see the hate for Marvel movies the way I see it for DC movies. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. because they've had, I think they've just been so good for so long or, you know, people are just tolerable about them now. Cause I think the quality has fallen off hard in my opinion, yeah. but that's just my opinion. I mean, other people like, I think they're still amazing. You know, I mean, it, it's well, showing that by people going to watch uh, Ant-Man and it has a rotten score, you know, granted I, fuck rotten tomatoes. But. I also saw a quote tweet from somebody um, in regarding like the quality of uh, just Marvel movies in general, yeah. Uh, this person says, "Listen up, nerds! Not every MCU movie is gonna ha- be in an Infinity War. We gotta sit through some Thor two, some Hulk, Iron Man threes, and get great movies done. Uh, get great movies down the line. Yeah. Stop being finicky bitches. Um, and I feel like that's how you have to think about everything." Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think we've had the conversation about what James Gunn needs to do in regards to feedback of his movies. Yeah. And this kind of goes into uh, another subject point that we'll talk about later. But we've always said, even if there's a miss, you got to keep going. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, everything stops here. We screwed up. Let's try to rewrite everything. Like, you just have to keep going because there's going to be one or two things not, that not everybody's going to love. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and yeah, you can't have, you're, you're going to have stinkers. And it just sucks that James Gunn is taking over four movies he had no control over, you know? Yeah. So, and that's kind of, maybe he'll he'll put out some more content since then, you know, maybe right before Aquaman comes out, if it is going to be that bad, they drop a little bit of footage or they announce who Superman's going to be and Batman's going to be or whatever. Uh, or hopefully the Flash just does really amazing. That's what's going to suck too, is if, the, let's just say, the, the best case scenario for the Flash is it's a billion dollar movie, right? I don't see that happening, but possible. So let's say the Flash is a billion dollar movie. Everybody's like, oh shit, DC's back on top. And then they drop a stinker that is Aquaman 2. And then it's just like, oh, there you go. DC failing again. Typical DC has one hit wonder and then they're done. Um, so it'll be, yeah, that'll kind of suck. Here's the thing that I saw. There's this guy who's like a scooper or he maybe a scooper, but not a scooper. I think he's a writer, Hollywood uh, reporter type dude, maybe. Jeff Snyder, Jeff Snyder yes. or something like uh, that. Uh, it, yeah, I know yeah. I know who he is. Yeah, so big guy. I've seen, I've followed him for a long time. Or I, I don't follow him, but I've seen him for a long time in this realm. And he was talking about how he's heard about like, you know, oh yeah, the movie's terrible, blah, 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 blah. He was like, but, you know, WB still wants to try to get another billion dollars like they did in the first movie because Aquaman 1 wasn't a good movie either. Hard disagree on that. Um, on saying that Aquaman wasn't a good movie. Like, granted, if you didn't like it, that's totally fine. But If it wasn't a good movie, it wouldn't have made a billion dollars. Yeah, I don't understand this. Well, I can't die on that hill 100%. <laughs> what movie are you about to say? Suicide Squad is fucking awful and it made almost 800 million dollars. So I ha I can't die on that hill 100%. But I do think you know the movie a movie has to be watchable. I can't even getting through Suicide Squad is hard. Margot Robbie really helps me get through Suicide Squad. So, I still like, haven't mustered up the strength to watch the uncut version of that movie yet. Yeah. And I own it. So Yeah, I don't know like I need Clay to rewatch that movie because it is not his worst DCEU movie in his list. <laughs> and I don't know how it's not. I've rewatched all of the movies since, and I think it is worse than uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League. So, um, because it's just, it's fucking bad. Story-wise, pacing-wise, it's horrible. My friend who's just a casual, um, he, he kind of almost gave me a mini heart attack because we were talking about James Gunn and like having uh, just content uh superhero movies and i was like have you seen uh the suicide squad and he was like oh yeah i fucking turned that movie off and i was like huh i was like you turn he was like dude it was fucking awful he was like i like fucking will smith and all this shit i was like no no no, no, no. i was like you're talking about suicide squad i'm talking about the suicide squad with like the shark guy and all this other stuff and he was like i haven't seen that one i was like you need to watch that one i was like the other one is definitely turn off that tv type yes i get that but 
Yeah, he thought Suicide Squad was fucking awful. He said he was like, I lasted like maybe 15 minutes and I shut it off. I was yeah, like, damn. damn. Um, but it makes sense, man. That movie was fucking terrible. But yeah, I don't know, man. I I was hoping that those kind of reports weren't good. And maybe, I don't know, maybe because I, I do feel like DC movies are looked at in a different light. And I feel like um, maybe if it is like trying to be ultra funny, that's what people aren't going to like. But that doesn't mean it still won't be successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm curious on how bad something can be for people to walk out of a screener. I don't like it. It's wild to me. Like to think that Aquaman one made a billion dollars hearing mm. all of this stuff about Aquaman two, but today finding out that cocaine bear has a 100% score on rotten tomatoes. Mm. It's fucking wild. Like just like the vast difference of what people like, like in movies yeah it's it's wild they can think one thing about one genre of movies then another genre of movies but with kind of the same actors it's completely different yeah so i i'm so confused about this yeah that's why i don't take ratings serious because i i made this point in uh one of my old videos when i was talking about rotten tomatoes is why would you trust somebody that let's say hates action movies why would you why would you trust their opinion on action movies like yeah, I the idea of saying like, well, they should be unbiased journalists. I was like, dude, unbiased journalists don't exist. Like, unbiased anything doesn't exist. You can try to be as unbiased or impartial as you want to be, but I don't think that always happens because I also think, you know, kind of like us when we went to go see Birds of Prey. Depending on your day, your mood, and how you do when you go watch these things, all I think those it, freaking yeah. old people, man! Oh yeah. my god. I think it can 100% affect the way you watch something or the way you review something. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of trusting reviewers. Um, you can, like, I think if you follow somebody and maybe their opinions line up with your opinions a lot, and then you're like, oh, well, we're most of the time we line up and we kind of like the same things, then you can build a relationship with that particular reviewer or whatever. Maybe that's what some people thought of me back in the day during the episodes of Gotham or Flash. But for the most part, I think you should always make up your own mind and don't trust somebody. Um, but again, I also understand that some people use reviews because they don't want to waste their hard-earned money on a shit movie. So, yeah, you know, I, I understand that problem too. But anyways, so yeah, Aquaman apparently bad and no more Batman in this movie, which... The, the no more Batman thing makes sense. I talked about this in Discord because if they are resetting the universe and this is the, you know, the first movie to kick off the new universe, which that sounds terrible the way James Gunn said that now, if it is going to be terrible, um, it, it makes sense that there's going to be no Batman because you're recasting. Yeah. So they should be cut out. Uh, I know some people aren't going to like that, but we also need these movies to be able to stand on their own, ladies and gentlemen. Batman can't be in everything. This it, I, I know they're comic book movies, but it shouldn't be like comics. Yeah. So, um, you know, Aquaman's got Aquaman made a billion dollars. Like, should be fine. Um, so we'll see if this movie even sniffs a billy. But moving on to the next thing that we got is speaking of a movie that's getting all the hype in the world right now, The Flash. Uh, it has been reported that The Flash is going to be showing the whole movie at CinemaCon, which I think is pretty crazy. A lot of people, the first thing they thought of was, um, isn't that going to drop massive spoilers? 
it the worry of spoilers is all over my feed right now yeah um and i think that it is kind of a big deal this mm. is six weeks before the movie is released. Um, that's almost two whole months. Uh, wow. Because here's because yeah. here's the thing. The the whole thing with like, uh, if people don't know, CinemaCon is not something like a Comic-Con. Well, yeah, kind of. Mm. It's not like you are available. You can't just purchase a ticket to CinemaCon. You yeah. have to be invited to CinemaCon. Um it's a big snooty convention for you know real cinema goers um and it's basically basically think of it this way all the people that are on rotten tomatoes they Mm -hmm. get invited like it's that it's it's that kind of thing um it's very high grade somewhat oscar bait movies are there as well but then some of the bigger stuff with each uh production company also jumps in we heard yeah. news on the batman last year um the year before that i think was uh well no actually last year was the whole thing with uh spider-man no way home as well like we got all of that drama with uh freaking olivia wilde and oh, yeah. uh you know the divorce papers and all of that being served to her like th- there's some random stuff that happens in there but it's a invite only type of thing mm. so you're like, okay, well, if that's the case, these people may not even want to talk about the flash and whatnot. Those things still leak. Like yeah. the whole thing about the Spider-Man trailer was, oh, we are not going to get a Spider-Man trailer until CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. Two nights before a unfinished VFX trailer came out <laughs> and yeah. it was from CinemaCon. Like people are still wanting to get the clout of like, Oh, look what I did at CinemaCon and I get to share it with the world. So I think that we will probably hear something or see something yeah. uh, that we're not supposed to. Um, and it kind of sucks just because last week, both me and you said we are good for with yeah. the flash. We could wait all the way until the movie comes out to watch the rest um and it it just kind of sucks yeah it does really blow because i do think spoilers gonna come out big time and i also think it's a big gamble because if you are let's say having the whole rotten tomatoes crowd there that gives them two months to write this article well they could write their reviews right now and post them up about the flash and if if they write rotten reviews of the flash because here's the thing i don't think premiering this movie two months in advance is a good move just because i don't think this is going to be an unbiased movie i think there are going to be a lot of people that dislike ezra miller and they're going to write bad reviews about this movie even if it is a good movie um yes so i wouldn't take that risk i would not take that risk and i would be like let's just let the general audience decide if this movie is going to be good or not instead of the industry you know what i mean but um Apparently, WB is that confident in the movie, so we'll see. Um, but I don't know, man. I I see a lot of... Uh, I was watching a live stream last night of some guys doing an IRL stuff, and they were talking about superhero movies, and they were talking about how they've just gotten like so tired of the MCU, but then they brought up DC, and they're like, oh, yeah, are you going to go check out the Flash movie? And they're like, oh, is that the one with Ezra Miller? They're like, fuck that guy. I can't stand him. And so I was like, oh, there are some people that just can't stand Ezra Miller. Um but they were talking about how, and then I was looking at the chat and they're like, oh yeah, fuck that guy, fuck that guy, fuck the Flash. And I just typed in there, I was like, 
trailer looks fire though <laughs> i was just like <laughs> i just wanted to say something uh but yeah so there are plenty of people out there that probably won't be watching that movie because they don't like ezra miller but i mean i understand that i thought he was boring and everything else i've seen him in so this is the yeah. only thing that i'm interested but yeah i don't know man it's i am we worried about the CinemaCon stuff because yeah it the Clout demons are just the worst thing nowadays. It's like, oh yeah, I saw it. It's like, um, uh, how do I, how do I put it out there? Like, I'm trying to compare like what used to be the thing that people would do. It was like buying the iPhone day one, right? Something oh, like that. God. Like, because yeah. I used to do that shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, new phone, yeah. And then, like, at our old job. I used to be the one that would buy it and I would go to work and I'd be like, yo, you got it? Like, can I check it out? Like, what? And like, and I was like, yeah, it's cool. Now that I'm fucking old, I'm just like, that was fucking lame. Like, it's so <laughs> fucking lame. Like, who cares if you got something day one? Like, it doesn't mean yeah. shit. Now, granted, I understand movies are slightly different because you're not getting spoiled, but you are the person that can be the spoiler. So that just makes you an asshole. Like... <laughs> So, like, my perspective on a lot of these things that I used to think were really cool, and I think I got this from a young age, because my parents took me to see, um, was it, was Jurassic World, what was Ju the second Jurassic Park ever? Lost World? No, Lost World was the third one. No, 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 hold on. Jurassic? Jurassic Park 2, not the Dominion and all that bullshit with fucking yeah. Chris Pratt. I'm talking about the OG uh, ones. The Jurassic Park 2 had uh what's his name in it? Vince Vaughn, didn't it? Uh yeah, it was Lost World. It okay. was Lost World. My parents took me to go see Jurassic Park Lost World at midnight. So in elementary school, I went to school the next day, be like, they were like, Hey, you gotta go see Jurassic Park today. I'm like, I already saw they it. Saw it. And like, yeah. So like all the kids were like, oh yeah. What, what you know and i was like fucking snooty ass kid who had information like so i know people like that exist and then there are people that never grow out of it right like yeah. i can relate and be like oh yeah that was stupid you know like I i've changed my perspective on it but there are some people that feed off of it you know and they're just like yes this is the only time i'll ever be popular like because i have information but it's like it's like a high it's just like oh yeah i, I talked about it and then what everybody else sees it and you're not cool anymore yeah. like so who cares uh so yeah i've never really understood that but now I granted i i we full disclosure we still do it with comics oh yeah 100 percent. 100 we have the ability to read like a month in advance and yeah. we tease the shit out of it all the time in the yeah. discord yeah so, so let me go ahead and so just I'm say that asshole. Also. i'm still a little bit of an <laughs> asshole okay i'm still a little bit but I can tell you right now, I don't think I'm cool because of it. I just like to tease shit. Because we all, I don't know anybody that's liking the Batman run right now. So they're like, oh, Drew's talking shit about it. Okay, cool. I'm also trying to save y'all some money, okay? <laughs> that is true. Um, but anyways, yeah, that, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I hope that's not uh, the whole, let's just hope it doesn't get spoiled. Because I'm really excited to watch that movie. Moving on to another movie um that has had actually a few talking points this week which for one i'm surprised about the other one not so much but people seem shocked by it and that one being that harley quinn is going to be a patient and not a doctor call me crazy 
but I never once thought she was going to be a doctor in this movie. I didn't think so either. Um, but I guess there's a little hope for people who aren't necessarily giant devoted fans to the franchise of Batman mm. and Joker and the whole mythos. And they just kind of see what it is like, like what what's the phrasing that I'm looking for? Kind of like just, face just value? the, just huh. the face value stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the like, Oh, Harley meets Joker. Joker manipulates Harley. You know, she goes insane. They fall in love. Like this whole thing. You need to understand we're in a whole new fucking world with this relationship. Yeah. And I think the crazy thing about this movie is everybody kind of assumes that, oh, we got our first look. It looks like they're kind of having this like love interest thing. I don't think that's how it's going to end. Yeah. I don't think this movie is going to have a good ending for them to. And I think that's kind of a good thing. Um, we've always talked about how like DC has stayed very much away from the Joker Harley relationship uh, for quite some time now. I think mm. ever since freaking Rebirth, I think they have or before Rebirth, I think New 52 is kind of like what solidified them, like cutting the ties between Harley and Joker. And I think they're going to double down on it. The fact that she is a patient here. um, I think it just adds more fun to the idea of them to meeting. Uh, the rumor is, is that she sees him in the asylum that they're in, but she knows of him because of all the shit that happened at the end of the movie of the yeah. first movie. So she kind of like aspires to him, but at mm -hmm. the same time, like she is her own independent woman type thing. So it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that was one thing that I saw a lot of people talking about. And I was just like, I never once thought she was going to be a doctor. So, um, but the other thing is this movie is apparently shot in multiple endings to avoid spoilers. So I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. Did you know that they did this with the first one? I had no idea. Yeah. So apparently they did this with the first movie. Um, I need to go back to see like what kind of crazy endings were kind of like leaked mm -hmm. um, because that was like the main thing as well uh, with this is like you 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 film multiple endings. So that way, if one of these, you know, clout chasers was on set or hears about something, mm -hmm. they may not be getting the right information. They might just be hearing one of the random endings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I almost kind of wish that this movie is kind of like Clue. I, I don't remember if you remember the Clue movie. But at the end of that movie, during the credits, or right before the credits, they drop like six different endings to the movie in Clue. Oh, no. It, I, I and, I've never seen that movie. But because this is a Joker movie and they're in an asylum, I think it would be kind of appropriate to drop like three or four endings at the very end and you're just like well what the hell is the real ending yeah you know i think that would be kind of fun i hope one of the endings is just arthur going to a lady gaga concert he's just in the crowd <laughs> Bad romance, like just fucking chilling i think that'd be great um oh, yeah for the most part uh 
I mean, Joker seems like it's doing well. Like, you yeah, know, they're they're trucking along right now. Hope that movie doesn't get spoiled for me either. We'll be there night one, uh, barring anything crazy happening. But uh, hope my tire doesn't pop this time. <laughs> I'll pick that. you up just in case. Yeah, yeah. that movie suck. Um, anyway, your tire pops. Like, what the fuck, Joker? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but moving on to the last bit of you know DC news that we have is this quote from the HBO uh, Max chief of DCU. What is this quote? So the quote is, let me actually bring it up again. Um, he says here, uh, as I talked to James and Peter about it, we're going to develop these things and hopefully they're all great. If they're not, we'll have other options and we'll see. But that's most exciting is that they've got a plan. Anything that James is excited about in terms of DC, I'm good with. I just want to make sure for Max that they're the best show that we can do so this is an interesting quote because there's like a hint like a very small hint of like hey we've kind of fucked up on this thing before so like there's a like you can't and i think it's a smart move you can't assume that you're batting at 100 every single time just like what we talked about before you're going to have misses you're going to have some stink bombs here and that is okay. Yeah. Now, in a connective universe, a series that you thought would have multiple seasons can still play out as a limited series, have one season, and that character can still be used within the universe in other TV shows, in a movie, in a video game, and whatnot. So it could still work out for the betterment of them to where they're not having to waste more money. Right? Yeah. So... But I just I thought it was an interesting quote because it is showing kind of a little bit of growth on mm. WB and HBO Max's part of like, hey, we can't just assume that we're going to be the best at this. Yeah. And it's also like um, when they're doing the Grace Randolph, right? So like when Aquaman does come out and be a stinker, they're like, we told you we made that quote back in February <laughs> that we're just we're throwing shit at the wall and we're trying, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a very interesting thing. As long as they stick to it, right? I don't want panic changing. Like, oh, we got to rewrite every movie, you know? Yeah. Like, just let it play out. And if a movie sucks, it sucks. And hopefully the next one's good. Like, you just got to kind of work it out. I mean, the MCU didn't start popping off until we started seeing little connected tissues at the end of every end credit scene. Like, yeah, the movies were themselves the longest time. So, like... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I hope they kind of stick to their guns and they're actually planning things out and they don't get scared. But for the most part, uh, yeah, that is what it is. Um, Last bit of news we have, not really news, but if you are somebody that is still watching The Flash, uh, (laughs) somebody dropped the Red Death visual of... um, This was the ending ending of the episode that ended yesterday. Um, Okay. So this is, brand, this is brand new spoilers. Um, a lot of my friends were like, oh, you know, this is the last season. I'm going to give it a chance. Um, I don't know if I'll catch up, but I'll I'll watch this last season. And, you know, it'll be the goodbye to the DCCW. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a chance. I never watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the chance to watch the second episode. But this ending dropped. And I'm like, 
yeah, I think I'm not going to watch this season. Like, yeah, I might. I because I mean, you've said this on Discord, so I, I, I'm sure it's safe to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Juice has somehow possibly figured out a way for us on the Discord to watch the show together. Yeah, because like I don't think this should be bad in any way because apparently, I mean, you can watch these episodes for free on CW. Yes. Like so in Discord, you can have Discord parties and have people view like you can have watch stuff. My thing is, is you'll be able to it won't be like a Twitch stream where you can see the video of my face and the thing at the same time. You'll have to click which one you want to see, but you'll yeah. see two boxes of the movie or my face. So um because it'll be people should be able to chat in it and see like my reaction because i'm a, it's just an old school nod to what i used to do back in the day and yeah. i was like the show's finally ending that show was one of the shows that made my channel big at the time yep. so i figured why not watch the finale together um but it'll be like the day or two after or maybe even that weekend after so um i wouldn't i'll, be prob- I'll probably join you on that one i'll probably yeah. be a part of the chat uh I'll watch the ending, but I'm not going to watch the lead up to it. I'm just yeah, not. Be- because if the lead up is anything like what this is, is all I can describe is the Red Death is there. I don't know who the fuck they're talking to, but we talked about this on the podcast a while back. They were going to do the Red Death, and instead of Bruce Wayne, because obviously that Bruce Wayne doesn't exist in this universe or he's disappeared or whatever, they were going to use Batwoman and not yeah. Ruby Rose Batwoman. I forget the other actress's name. But uh, the one that was Ryan uh, Wilder or whatever. Uh, Javicia Leslie, I think, is yeah, her name. I have no idea. But the, the Batwoman that took her place. But, yeah. Okay, and I forgot they also replaced Ruby Rose with the other chick, too. That, that show's so convoluted. Um, but she takes off her helmet, and she says, I am vengeance. And I was but just she like, like, she says it in such a way. She says vengeance. Yeah. Like she, like she is straining to say the word vengeance. Yeah. And you described it so well. You're like, that is fucking cringe. Yeah. That's um, all I had to say. It, it was bad. Cause it, it has like, bad. it has like music that's trying to make it more dramatic. And then I, I don't know. I feel like CW operates on one a one take policy. They do the Clint Eastwood and they do one take and that is it. They're like, oh, sorry, we, we're not making any money here. You got one chance. And they did that take and they're just like, all right, that's what we're rolling with. <laughs> like, know? I'm sure everybody on set was like, do we want to take another take? Yeah. Like, are we sure? <laughs> Can't afford it. Sorry. <laughs> got to keep the lights on. Let's go. Let's move it. Oh, Which shit. that means Grant Gustin is pretty good at his job if they are operating on a one take <laughs> policy. Um, and that's maybe why he got really goofy in the later rounds because he was like, This shit's too hard. Let me dance. And he fucking started <laughs> dancing or whatever he did in those episodes. But yeah, um, dude, worse than I am consent, uh, the consent line. Uh, it's in the top no. five. It's in, in the top, top five. five, but it, I don't think it's it's cringier than that one. Yeah, because I it's uh, you know we are the Flash and fucking um don't touch me without consent or whatever are the two cringiest lines. Now, granted, I respect the whole idea of consent, but the way they used it in that fucking show was god awful. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad I jumped off that. If if you're still watching the Flash, and you're listening to this podcast. Tell us how. How are you doing it? Because I am curious. 
Um, all right, let's move on to viewer questions because I don't think we have anything else uh, lined up unless anything has popped up in the last few seconds. But let's talk about the Discord first. We got uh, John, as I want to say how it's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, cue for the pod. What song would you like to hear in a DC project? I was thinking about this. And as I've grown older, I think I'm kind of tired of the needle drops in movies. I really want a good score that will just like really give me goosebumps in a movie. Like a good like a Hans score. Zimmer? Yeah, like just okay. like a great score. Mm-hmm. Not not like your traditional music yeah um the thing is james gunn has said in many interviews that he is very much inspired by music mm-hmm. and he writes music within the script yeah um that's why we got the opening uh of peacemaker the way that we did um that's why guardians of the galaxy is very influenced by music and I think we will have at least one or two needle drops in the Superman movie. Um, yeah. Well, I think it also goes if he's directing, though, which a lot of people are assuming he will. Um, I think so he will. if that's the case, if they're going to use real music, when he takes his first flight, R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. First God, no. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. God damn it. <laughs> and he's just flying through it. And then oh, they, they superimpose shit. R. Kelly doing the video in the background. And he's just like that. Uh, Fuck R. Kelly, by the way. That is a joke. You can hate R. Kelly, think he's the biggest shit in the world, but I believe You Can Fly is a classic song. You can't say it's not. Yeah, Um, it's like it it makes me feel weird whenever like I think of Space Jam now because that (laughs) song, like when it like you think of two songs when you think of Space Jam, you think of I believe I could fly and uh, freaking uh, Let's Jam. Like yeah. th- those are the two songs that like you're just like oh that is Space Jam, uh, and so uh, what song would I like to hear in a DC project? Like I don't know. I I don't listen to much music nowadays. I am purely an audiobook and podcast person. Yeah, uh, Juice is really big. Well, I will say this. I don't know how he got into this gig, but. Eminem has apparently been making he made a song for Venom. Yeah. He and he they're not good. He made opinion. two songs for Venom, Venom yeah. 1 and Venom 2. Um he has done he has had two songs for both Shazams, one's uh for the uh My Name Is and mm-hmm. and then uh, which is a classic and then there was another one for Shazam 2. I forgot which uh song it was or if it was a newer song. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Eminem uh, made his way in the DCU. Yeah. I feel like if you do that kind of stuff, if you put like an action sequence to a song like that, it just feels so 90s. So if we're going to go the 90s route, give me the warehouse scene with Drowning Pool's bodies. And it's just the bodies <laughs> hit the floor. Like the old so, DBZ videos. I was going to say, if, yeah. if you were if you were a product of the 90s, um, you, Juice, I'm sure you have seen the massive amounts of uh, AMV videos yeah. mm-hmm. that dropped on YouTube all the freaking time, early 2000s. Yeah. There was freaking Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, Full Metal. I only ever saw the Dragon Ball Z ones, though. Because it was just like, we couldn't, they didn't show Brawly on, on TV. 
So yeah. everybody's like, oh, you know about the Super Saiyan Brawly? And I'm like, who the fuck's that? They're like, oh, watch this. And then I'd watch the body. I'm like, who the fuck is that? That looks awesome. <laughs> so like, yeah, it was nuts. Um, yeah. I couldn't afford the VHS tapes and all that stuff. So I would go to this this old place uh, called Suncoast's videos. Oh, Remember shit. Suncoast? Yeah. I used to go there and it was like, not a Hollywood video. Blo- that's another old school video place, yeah. Hollywood video. And that was where you would rent stuff. It was the basically Blockbuster competitor. But anybody that knows what Blockbuster is, imagine a store like that, but more adult. I would like to think like Spencer's plus ho- Blockbuster. It was like that. Because like, you they Almost had like, like some an spicy FYE. Stuff. Yes, oh, that's another yeah. old shout. Um, yeah. Man world. Uh, <laughs> the thing is like, I would go there and they had the anime section. I'd be like, oh, and the Dragon Ball Z tapes stuck out because they were orange yeah. and they had the DBZ logo on it. And I was like, oh, I was like, what is this one? And I remember um, those were like the ultimate gift for friends, like for birthdays or Christmases. I remember buying my friend, uh, I think it's called the History of Trunks or something like that or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it had like Gohan with his arm blown off and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I haven't even seen this. I was like, but I'll give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh yeah it was pretty pretty crazy shit but that was like my childhood going to see like oh and then you would go into like oh what are these and there's the sections you're not supposed to be in um those were always cool too but uh yeah I freaking loved the dbz stuff back in the days those were cool but yeah bodies and the warehouse scene uh, i'll take that but uh yeah i don't i don't want anything like that to be honest i want a good score that's what yeah. i would do too, as well so anyways there's that um and then we also got from arwitz why do you think batman is the only hero that gets trashed on prep time uh when prep time is involved uh uh, wait wait, i I fucked that up okay hero that gets trashed on when prep time is involved even when other heroes utilize it he lives in a world with other superheroes where anything is possible i'm pretty sure we've had this discussion on the podcast before we've had something like it and the easiest answer to this Arwitz, is the fact that people don't think batman has anything else yeah that's why he, they trash on it uh with him and being involved is because people see batman as either the greatest hero of all time or just the guy with prep time that's yeah. really it they don't think of anything else within his uh, utility of, of what he can do. And you're right. You know, with I think what makes the you know, we just talked about Red Death. Um, if if Batman had time, speed and everything else, he would be he would be the deadliest hero on. Earth, yeah, honestly. But I think it's just for the fact that people just see him as a person that only has prep time and nothing else. And I think that's really stupid to to think of Batman like that. I always talk about it is uh, he had, you know, depending on when you think he became Batman, when his parents died. I always say he has anywhere from 12 to 14 years of training. That is Mm -hmm. his prep time. Like the idea, like I, I make the joke sometimes that I feel like people think batman starts a fight with a powerful person and then he's like wait hold on guys and then he goes to his cave for a few hours and pulls up all his files and be like mm, all right what do i got on this guy and then comes back to the fight it's like he's he does the zach morris timeout thing and then he comes back and it just doesn't happen yeah. um but no batman is just he's trained to fight all around the world he's trained to fight 
in all of these times of things. I mean, he went to go train with magical people in Zatanna and her father. Like, there's so many different things that he's learned that to make him the best hero he can be. And granted, he does all that because he lives in a world with super powered people. Um, so like, yeah, I think he he has he knows he needs to be on the top of his game all the time. But I do think you know, he's the most popular and post, probably the most recognizable hero on the planet. And so when you're always at the top, people are going to find a way to hate you. There are people that genuinely hate Batman just because he's popular. They don't yeah. read him. They don't care. They're just like, I fucking hate him. Like, they're like, he's just a guy in a suit. Like, that's dumb. And like, it's a fucking fake thing. Like, goddamn, sorry you don't have imagination. Jesus. Um. So, yeah, I think that's all it is. I think it's just... It's also the same discussion we've had of why does everybody think Batman needs to be realistic? You know, why can't he do some cool shit? Um, I'm glad the Flash uh, doesn't believe that because it looks like we're going to get a cool ass Batman in that movie. So, well, you know, that's just kind of how it is. I think once you're at the top, everybody's going to find ways to hate you. And the prep time is one of the biggest things. And it's also it doesn't help that, you know, Clay's probably been on the end of this stick. It sucks when all of your favorite people just get outshadowed by Batman. Like, yeah, you know, and, and as a Batman fan myself, I understand that, too. I'm like, hey, I love Batman, but, you know, let some other people shine, too. Like, I like other characters, but yeah, I don't know. So I think that's kind of kind of why that happens. But moving over to the UB tubes, we got Alexis Barrera. Which of these stories would be more controversial? Batman stopping a school shooter or intervening against a racist police track? Uh, a racist police traffic stop. I feel like comic characters can impact the spread of, spread the awareness of social issues, and if done right, can translate to modern day. What are your thoughts? So Superman's done this um, in one issue. I believe it was a Bendis run, so Clay might not remember it. But there was a, a basically a mass shooter that was going to kill a factory. Uh, no, it, it wasn't a Bendis book. No? It was right before Bendis. Oh, okay. This was still, uh, I believe it was Tomasi or okay. Jurgens, one of the two. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, you would know more than I do. But um, yeah, it was this, uh, I I don't want, like, country guy kind of seemed like a country guy with an assault rifle or something like that. Went to a factory, uh, was mad because I believe, you know, he said people, immigrants were taking his job was about to shoot up the place and Superman flew in and, uh, you know, got took all the bullets and stuff and saved everybody's life. So I don't really think they harped on it. I think it was one of those issues where Superman was just doing a bunch of good and that was one of the scenes. So it wasn't a full issue. Um, I've told Clay about a particular Bat Family character I would love to write a social issue about. And um, I'm surprised they haven't done more stuff with that kind of thing. But I, I think comics, I think, are the perfect place to have these kind of stories. But I feel like a lot of people don't do them properly. And then at the same time, when other people try to do them, they get shit on. So it's like a slippery slope. I mean, Tom King has not strayed away from being controversial. Granted, he does things that people don't like to the characters. But he also has very social type of um, issues in his comic books. And I, I appreciate that. Um, I was expecting that from Ridley and haven't got jack shit from him when it so, comes to social issues. The thing was, uh, I, I like this question because 
it's already happened before mm-hmm. um, in regards to the school shooting. If you remember, and I think everybody remembers, uh, the very horrific Aurora, Colorado mass shooting, yeah. um, there was a Batman Incorporated issue that was supposed to come out the very next week mm-hmm. that had a school shooting. Uh, the Aurora, Colorado shooting was at a movie theater at the screening of a midnight release of Batman Rises. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Um, DC decided to delay the issue, and I'm not entirely sure if they shelved it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking at old tweets here from 2012. It says Batman Inc. 3 is going to be delayed a month due to some gr- uh, grim imagery that would seem wholly inappropriate given the Aurora killings. Yeah. Um, so this is something that has happened before. Uh, and I think you're right. The, the best place for some of the social commentary is within comics, because for one, it's something that isn't necessarily uh, expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can be a nice surprise for these companies like DC, like Marvel, like image to approach these things in a world with heroes we don't have these heroes um and so yes it can be a very dark story it can kind of still have a better ending but also it can still address some of the bigger problems that we have in our real world that some people may be afraid to say out loud um and i i appreciate those kinds of stories um but in regards to what i would like to see now um I what do you think, think is more controversial between those two sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but no no, no. I, I was i was kind of thinking right there uh i think right now the uh racial problems would be more controversial still uh than the mass shootings um yeah they make more headlines at least yeah Mass shootings happen so much now that it's just kind of like I was I was literally about to say the the problem is if I see a mass shooting on in a comics I'm like oh that's that's every Wednesday, um, yeah. whereas I mean same as the the racial problems in this country yeah uh, but I think that recently with how vocal more comic book uh, creators are being with inclusion and everything else mm-hmm. uh i was trying to find the article i couldn't find it but the artist that is currently on uh the amazon book the black label uh historia book mm-hmm. uh, he was on superwoman on rebirth and they wanted to touch up a little bit more on women's rights and inclusion and all of that and apparently dc and possibly AT&T because they were kind of in control at that point of mm-hmm. everything basically told him no, because it would probably anger Trump supporters and, and Republicans. So yeah, that's he sad. couldn't do that stuff. And I think that's stupid. Yeah. They're not buying the books anyways. They're a Trump. I feel like a lot of Trump supporters, and I'm pretty sure maybe that we have some listeners or maybe not anymore that would be listening to this podcast. I just don't see that brand of people buying those comics i don't think they're picking from what i've learned they don't buy wonder woman comics you know no well and not only that like we've seen some random issues being like controversial in the media 
but they make a big hubbub about it one day. The next day, people are going to forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all. It, it's just the clicks for one day. That's yeah. all they get. And then everybody forgets about it the next. I think comics need, I think comics need more controversy in my opinion. Um, because we've talked about it on this podcast. I talked about the Harry Potter stuff recently. That shit got me to be interested in a game I didn't give a fuck about. Granted, I didn't go spend 60 or 70 bucks to play it, but just saying. Worth like, every freaking penny, by the way. Yeah, Clay has played it. But I mean, as somebody who didn't care for it, I just saw that controversy of people harassing people that played it. And I was like, kind of want to play it just out of principle now because I, I don't agree with harassing people. Um, granted, I understand why they're why they're trying to make take a stand, but... I just don't agree with it. Um, there are better ways to to get your point across on certain things. Uh, but with comics, like I I didn't like the one of the biggest controversies in the last you know maybe decade was the uh, the Batgirl cover, you know the Batgirl cover with Joker. Yeah, it's art. Like, and you know what? It was referencing a really bad time, but because that particular super i mean us uh, so i want to keep saying supergirl batgirl story what it was like the series was more lighthearted. they thought it would be bad to to release that you know what i mean and i still don't um i feel like the artist kind of got thrown under the bus on that but and then they're like i'm pulling it because i think it was you know blah 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 and i'm like i don't know man i feel like it's really i don't think unless there was backlash that person would have never pulled that that comic you know you drew it for a reason and like i didn't see a problem with it but out of these two particular things i do think the the racist thing would be more impactful which is unfortunate because i think school shootings are fucking awful but the reason why i think it would be more impactful is just because police are supposed to be the good guys and i think that's why it gets the headlines because everybody's like why are these people who are supposed to protect and serve, which apparently legally they don't have to do that from what I've heard a million times. Um, yeah. Why, why are they being the bad guys? You know? And then if you have somebody like a Batman or a Superman come in, which there's a million stories of Batman doing issues like this. Like he's intervened in cop brutality many a times he's done. Like he there's, you guys have to go read the really small Batman stories, go read the black and whites, go read like the one shots because Batman has like, there's like this really good issue. Um, I don't, we probably covered it in urban legends or something where there's like a little kid who has a gun pointing at Batman and like Batman kind of talks him down from it. And he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta have a gun. They took my brother, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he's just yeah. talking about like, he's like in the narrows or he's in like a bad part of Gotham. And he's like, this is how we're raised. Like, you know, I got to I gotta take the next person before he takes my life. And it's like pretty crazy shit. And Batman's like, you don't have to be like this. Like, it, you don't need to do this. And he's like, sorry. It's like, it's how we live. And um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So Batman's definitely done some serious shit like that. But I do think the the racial tensions are still really big. I mean, it's, it's a huge headline. But um, and it's also because like automatically it's on this the new channel i'm working on right now i just did a video about um a topic of like they were asking police like what's the funniest shit you've ever seen while like you know stopping some people or stopping kids or teenagers and it's like a lot of cops just talking about like fun stories or like oh are they were the kid right like the person was the kid in this instance and they're like oh yeah the cops pulled me over because i did this and it's a lot of interesting fun stories about cops and them not being assholes or like 
a bunch of kids partying. They're like, look, we're just going to take all y'all shit and y'all are going to go home. Like, that's all that's going to happen. You don't hear yeah. those stories. And so, like, I have friends that are cops. So, like, I don't like the narrative that all cops are bad. But at the same time, I know that kind of, you know, I don't think there's enough training there. And it's also, like, also, there's a brotherhood there, you know? Kind of like, yeah. we're, I mean, we used to work in a place that was very, like, we protect our own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it doesn't even have to be police. I think it's just there are groups of people that will stand up for each other no matter what, even if they're doing bad. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, man. That's when moral your morals got to come out and actually do something. And I think comics represent morals. And I think that's why Batman is what I think a lot of people wish they could be with like a no kill rule if they were faced with somebody that harmed them. You know, Batman always picks the high road. I don't think everybody would do that. And I think that's why he's a fascinating character. So anyways, going on from there. um, But I would like to see more of those stories in in comics because I mean, shit, I'd I'd rather read one of those stories more than Zdarsky shit right now. Yeah, that's boring. Um, uh, Eduardo de la Cruz. uh, Well, bat bros, who the hell would win? Red Hood versus Harley Quinn, Condiment King versus Crazy Quilt, Rachel Ghoul versus Amanda Waller. These are decent matchups. I think uh, you know you want to know one low key that thing things been happening. We're getting the Condiment King thing very uh, every week, right? Yeah. We've also been getting Red Hood every week because I think we're making Red Hood lose every week. I I think we have. I think yeah. they're trying to get some Red Hood action in there too. <laughs> Do you think Red Hood beats Harley Quinn though? I it this is hard and Mm. the reason why it's hard is because of how unpredictable Harley Quinn has shown to be when it comes to combat yeah um and you can say oh well Batman and the Robins have gone up against Harley Quinn so many different times you know they they know how unpredictable she is I think that it can go the same way in the sense of Red Hood he is also unpredictable because He's not as graceful as any of the other Robins, and he is in some ways more brutal than Batman at times. Um, I'm going to give this one to Red Hood. Okay. I'm going to give this one to Red Hood. What about you? I'm not. (laughs) I'm giving it to Harley Quinn because here, this is is my, my trump card. Harley Quinn has beaten Joker. Joker's killed Jason Todd. So that's what I'm going to say. And and this is this is recent because Harley yeah. Quinn, James Tynan, had Harley Quinn beat Joker. She strapped a bomb to him. She blew him up. Granted, Batman saved his life at the last second or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, didn't save Alfred's body, which people forget about that. But yeah, I Harley Quinn has beaten the Joker and Jason Todd hasn't. So I'm sorry. And even even going back to three Jokers, like people can be like, oh, he killed Joker. Did he though? He killed a Joker. We don't know if that was the Joker. You know, yeah. according to the story, it wasn't. It was just some kind of clone kind of thing. So um, I'd have to go Harley Quinn um, because she she also knows Joker better than Jason Todd. So yeah. I think she's got the upper hand there. I know people aren't gonna like that, but I'm sorry, man. Red, look, as much as I shit on Tim Drake in the family, Red Hood is taking more L's. I am sorry. Like he's you know, right now, again, Batman doesn't want him in Gotham. That's the current storyline going on right now. In that Joker, two Joker can't laugh anymore story or whatever. 
apparently Red Hood beat somebody's ass or he beat a bunch of cops ass. And then Stephanie came into the story because we're not covering the story anymore. Stephanie came in and was all like, Bruce doesn't want you in Gotham anymore. Like he's done with your shit. So now he's out of Gotham again. Yeah. And it's all like, dude, can't catch a break, man. He, he, he doesn't learn. Do you think Red Hood should become a villain, though? Well, we've always said we want Red Hood in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a very compelling story, like a legit, like compelling story, because we all remember Under the Red Hood, Mm -hmm. where he was kind of introduced as a villain. And then, you know, you know, after a couple years or whatever, it took place afterward. He was like, okay, you know, I think he came back for a battle for the cow. And then he was like more of an anti-hero after that. Um, I think that if he were to turn into a actual villain, um, I think it could be a very compelling story because you have the moments with him and Bruce again, Mm -hmm. but now with the entire bat family, you even have moments with him and Damien and Damien being like, dude, I came back from this. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be this way and da, da, da. da. And I think, I think it could be a really cool story. Yeah. He could also reform the red hood gang. Yeah. And then I think he could be a like a, a top villain in Gotham, which would be so interesting. And he would have so much upper hand on Bruce. Mm-hmm. Like it could be really, really compelling. And that's kind of what Red Under the Red Hood was, but you would have to write that story really well. I still would go with my story that I think uh, Brian Azarella totally stole from this podcast. But um yeah, I don't know. Oh, and so next one, so I'd go Harley Quinn there. We got Condiment King versus Crazy Quilt. Who do you got here? I had to go check out Crazy Quilt Superpowers. I looked him up too. <laughs> so I, I I clicked the uh, the fandom Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and I love the description at the very top is abilities, super superhuman levels of bitterness. Yeah, <laughs> it's his power, uh, and then stick wielding expert. But if you scroll down to his actual abilities and powers, it does say. All of Crazy Quilt's abilities are derived from his helmet slash visor. Crazy Quilt's helmet that allows him to hypnotize his victims using flashing lights of various colors. It can also project lethal laser beams, blinding lights, and functions as an artificial eyes since his own eyes uh, no longer function. The lenses feed their input signals straight into his brain. Uh, it says uh, he also has uh, possesses the strength level of a man his age size weight who engages in moderate regular exercise so he's not superhuman yeah uh he's got tech he's just got tech versus condiment king crazy quilt all the way yeah i was reading that too because i saw that i saw this you know when it got posted and i was like oh i was like let me do some research on this because i know a (laughs) decent amount of condiment king crazy quilt has a gang too so, like, he has people he working does? for him. Yeah, apparently he has henchmen. So, like, if you keep reading, there's, like, in- instances where he's had henchmen. Because, uh, like, maybe they've kidnapped stuff for him or whatever. But he's also a jokey character. But he's had henchmen. And I'm like, dude, you don't get henchmen if you haven't done something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just don't see Condiment King doing that. So, I would go Crazy Quilt as well. Who do you got on the last one, though? Which I think is really intriguing. Raza Ghoul versus Amanda Waller. So yeah. 
I think this is more of a battle of the minds. I don't mm. think this is a physical fight because a physical fight Razogul every day. Yeah. You have basically the League of Shadows versus the Suicide Squad after this. Like that. Well, Waller really... would use like probably space tech in a battle though. Space tech, any government type of access yeah. that she can use. Like it is the League of Shadows versus all of Amanda Waller's limited resources. Yeah. Almost unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. And saying it like that, you kind of want to say Amanda Waller. Yeah. But she I also has the Suicide Squad, though. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. have the Suicide Squad. You have... Who have been trained by the League of Shadows, some of them. Yes. So. <sighs> Damn, I, I might just have... seen. I have to go Waller personally. Just because I think I have to. I've seen Raish get his ass beat too many times. Like. Yeah. The only time Raish, and I, I don't even know if we really finished this story or how, I don't remember how it played out. The only outsiders. time I remember him, the outsiders, he was like dominant there. And like yeah. they didn't have anything to like how to beat him. And I was like, okay, I forgot how that story ended. But um, I still wish that character would come back. The Latina that was yeah. like had a badass suit. Um, wish she would come back. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I think... With the with what a man they they've built up Waller so much in the last ten years, I think she's a formidable person, and I would I wouldn't want to go against her. I mean, even if you're using Black Adam as a resource for Amanda Waller, she can call Superman. So, you know, you have that too, yeah. and I think she could also, depending on how big the threat is, she could get Batman on her side. Because Batman will work with people to make sure the lesser, you know, the lesser evil prevails. Um, and, you know, we always know race is always like, oh, I got to go ahead and destroy the whole world and blah, blah, blah. But I wish they, they need to rebuild his his image, to be honest. Isn't Tom Taylor dropping a race book pretty soon? Uh, it's going to be uh, Ra's al Ghul One Bad Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully it's good. Tom Taylor's been hitting a lot recently. Is yeah. he not doing Nightwing anymore? Um. Oh, snap. Was this issue not by him? So here's the thing. It says Taylor on it, but at the very end when you see the card, it's a new person. But I don't know if that means the next issue is the new person or if this was written by a new person. All right. Let me double check real quick. Yeah. Anyways, next question is uh, Moncray. Uh, how would you rank these themes? Batman 66, Batman the Animated Series, Dark Knight, Reeves' Batman theme. Okay, I'm going to go mine. Reeves' Batman theme's at the bottom. Then I'm going to go Dark Knight, 66, Batman Animated Series at the top. All right, let's see here. Yeah, I'm going to go... From top to bottom. Okay, so your number one first. My number one. When I think of Batman. Mm-hmm. Animated series. Yeah. All around. I think it has been a staple to everybody. Even his voice when we read comics. Kevin Conroy. Still. Yeah. To this day. Um, I think Batman the Animated Series theme is number one. Number two is Dark Knight. Okay. And I think it is Reeves and then 66. 66 really? is 66 is not really huge on my radar. Like I 
I think I've only seen maybe a handful of episodes, to be completely honest. I have no, but not... he's talking about theme. The theme, the music. Yeah, that's what I the mean. music is your last out of these four? That's such, yeah. It's so iconic, though. It is. Over, <sighs> you're picking the Batman over it? I will say this. The theme for the Batman does slap. I like Giacchino's. If it has Nirvana in it. That's what no, I'll say. I think, I, I think Giacchino's theme actually is good. Now, I don't like his theme for the Riddler, but I think his Batman theme is good. I do not think those are better. I love the Dark Knight theme. I just, 66 is so iconic. Because like people even have the pals, like the pals in it. You know, it's like, pow, pew, pow. Like, it's so good. Like, it's got, <laughs> you know, like. It's, uh, I don't know. I think for classic sake, I would have to go with that. If you're listening to this and you guys listen to this on the YouTube channel, let us know. Let us know what you think, uh, what your ranking is. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the Reeves theme is just too new for me to put it above anything else. Uh, all right, next one, we got Metallica. Just rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, and I think Adam this question I is Star-Lord's son because he teaches this what Soviet queen uh the sovereign queen sovereign queen the eric i don't know how to pronounce that shit either um ways of the humans uh okay who would condiment king have a child with i read this i was what? like god damn so so again guys juice has that. Yeah. juice has dyslexia so yeah sometimes if there's too much here so he just rewatched re guardians of the galaxy 2 uh, he says, I think Adam is Star-Lord's son because he teaches the Sovereign Queen the archaic ways of making humans. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if you remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at all. Very um, little. So, there was... Uh, the Sovereign Queen was part of that like alien group that was like all gold or whatever. Oh, okay, um, yeah. The end of the movie? And at, yeah, and at the, at the end of the movie, you just see like the the random like cocoon like thing mm -hmm. and everybody's like oh that's adam warlock um he's claiming that is star lord's son i don't think so um that would be wild mm -hmm. uh but this whole like he's he did all of that just to be like ah oh, i gotta get y'all with this condiment qu yeah. king question um who would have a child with condiment king magpie I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like there, there's. I don't think there's anybody. Like, the, I, like I'm just throwing I, a random character out there. I don't think Magpie would stoop that low. Um, Magpie <laughs> likes shiny things, and I don't mustard and ketchup don't shine. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think Magpie would go that low. Um, I'm trying to think of like. It would have to be, you know, Condiment King would have to be somewhere in the Narrows, you know, the street that Selena used to be on where you find the hookers and stuff. I think that's who's going to get knocked up by Condiment King. Um, so I'm going to go back to the uh, Batman villain Wikipedia and go all the way to the, like, D-list tier to oh. see. <laughs> um, I just don't know, man. Condiment King is a joke. <laughs> this is like the thing in the podcast. I mean, I've always been waiting to have something on podcast, but it looks like Condiment King is the main <laughs> thing that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, let's try to get them every week. Um, I am 
looking. Uh, God damn, Batman does not have a lot of female villains. <laughs> These are all. Uh, uh, well, I mean, there's like I know that female villains are gonna be like Copperhead, um, fucking Magpie. Obviously, you have Ivy, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, um, uh, Red Claw. Uh, fucking, I'm trying to think of. I'm pulling like from the anime. Uh, uh what's her name? Ruby Rocket or Rocket something. You know what? Uh, just Rocket because Center. just because she is a random character I have never heard before. I'm actually going to share my screen for Juice to see here. Let's see. This is a character named Scarlet. Uh she is her name is Sasha, a girl disfigured by Professor Pig who later becomes the sidekick of Red Hood. Scarlet was created by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly first appearing in Batman and Robin in 2009. Scarlet looks pretty hot. You think she's gonna hook up with Condiment King? I don't know. I was more so looking at this disfigured picture um, right here. Like you know Mohawk. who like, might I, who might Joker's daughter. But okay. Did we figure out that like she's not actually Joker's daughter? I've also? never I could not find the confirmation of where it says she's two faces daughter. Okay. Because I have a perfect rewrite for her if that is true. But because that character is not really that popular, you know? Um, although she was put on a weird team, like, in the last few years. But, yeah, I don't know. If anybody knows the actual, like, comic book, I'm talking about the actual source material of where it says Joker's daughter's actually Two-Face's daughter, I would love to read it. So send that to me. But she might be crazy enough. Because there's got to be people in Gotham that feel bad for dudes that just sleep with them, right? Like, there's got to be some kind of character Jesus like that. Christ. <laughs> hey, look, there are women out there that do that. And there are men that do the same thing. So let's uh, let's not act like that doesn't happen, all right? So anyways, um, maybe maybe uh, fucking Joker's daughter. But I don't know. That's, that's the tough one. That's almost as bad as trying to find somebody that he could beat. Uh, going on to Clay, we got, uh, if David Mazuz and Cameron Bikaidov, I always, I've always fucked up her name. I would never say it in the show, but she was Catwoman in Gotham. Bikaidova, Bikaidovan, um, were brought back to work for DC. What roles would be best for them? Catering? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Actually, uh, Carmen is awesome. I really enjoyed her as Catwoman. She actually did the smart thing and, did and walked not. away. Yeah, yeah, she walked away and she was like, I'm not going to be the future Catwoman because it doesn't make sense. Where Mazuz, granted, if you ever had the opportunity to be Batman, I think everybody would take up that opportunity. Um, he wanted to be in the suit and it just looked horrible. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't hire him for anything. I don't think he's that great of an actor. I don't even know if he's in anything. Uh, right now she is cool i have not seen her in anything either but uh i don't i could i wouldn't give them anything superhero wise so like they would just be random characters maybe like a best friend of one of them or something i wouldn't uh put them in anything else so did this show wow no okay never mind never mind because I looked up cameron to see what she has done since gotham Mm -hmm. and when you type start typing in her name in google you know how it does like the drop down well the subtopic underneath her name was Mm -hmm. american former actress 
Oh, like, wow. What? She's retired already? Uh, but she does have something that was out in 2021, mm-hmm. um, which is, oh, God, it's one of the worst movies in 2021, apparently. Uh, Chaos Walking with Tom Holland and uh, Daisy Ridley was oh, like, wow. it was one of the worst reviewed movies of 2021. Wow. I, th- I think I saw somebody give it a 0. 0.5. Uh, <laughs> out of? It, out of 10. Oh, uh, yeah, Jesus. no, it it apparently reviewed horribly. Wow. Um, so, see, Aquaman's not going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody get a 0. 0.5 out of 10, like, come on, Aquaman's got to at least pull a 5. But looking at these actors, I... I don't know. I don't have the relationship with them as other Gotham fans do because I stopped after season one. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, it is it actually crazy, like, to think, like, if you look at Cameron, mm-hmm. she looks like a younger version of freaking Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. No, she, a lot of people would um, compare that to them. Like, uh she's she's awesome man i thought she was one of the bright spots of the show i think they kind of did her character dirty at times but uh for the most part she was one of the highlights for sure she was a nice like cool little Catwoman. but um monahan is just there's this one scene that i always think about that reminds me of him just not being a great actor and there's this moment when they are they're bidding on something it's it's bruce wayne and alfred are there they're bidding on maybe this dagger i don't remember if it's the racial gold dagger or what it is but he's going up against barbara keen who is the crazy barbara in the show who was dating gordon back in the day she's got like she's got a powerful empire or whatever now so they both have money and he does this thing where he's like uh they're they have to bid by like a hundred thousand or whatever right and she's like I bid a hundred thousand. He's like a hundred thousand and one dollar. And like, he just does that multiple times. And I'm like, it's so unbelievable. And he just comes off as crazy obnoxious. Gotham fans will tell you that's what he was meant to be like, because he's being an asshole at that time, because blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I don't care. It's still bad acting. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't think he's a great actor and I would not cast him in anything more than a cameo personally yeah so yeah uh nathan we got saying which of these new villains would be more interesting uh the most interesting uh one liner joker's official protege complete with uh iconic design he's genuinely irredeemable with traits of joker and harley uh heads and tails twin metahumans that enforce two faces coin decisions uh they were able to manipulate yin and yang uh, the cremator, uh, a mortician that uh, that that who uses a suit that allows him to manipulate the ashes of victims of villains to take out Batman. Um, I mean, the cremator sounds the best, to be honest. Sounds like the most fucked up one. Yin and Yang, I, little too typical kind of thing with heads and tails. Yeah. Um, and then I don't want Joker to have any more proteges. I don't I don't like the idea of Joker having a protege personally. Yeah, I think that the the Joker stuff is kind of I'm kind of tired out on. Yeah. Um heads and tails being like I, I feel like it's almost like a Tweedledee and Tweedledum type thing. Yeah. Uh but it's specifically to uh 
uh, freaking Two Face. But if you remember in Tomasi's run on Detective, mm-hmm. he had the cult of heads yeah. and tails. So this is kind of the same thing. That's true. The cult makes sense though. The cult worked a little bit, and yes. like, did he, he did he control them or did they just worship him? They kind of like worshipped him, but at the same time, didn't they also have like bombs in their head or something like that? Yeah, something along. The, I don't remember, but that was a it, cool thing though. I really liked the cult mentality yeah. of it. I, I really did enjoy that. The cremator, cult's better than henchmen, in my opinion. Yes, you know? I I think so because a cult. Uh, you it's it's harder to just like be able to say, oh, you can get out of it, right? Yeah, like a cult has a little bit of craziness to it, and mm-hmm. I think that works out uh, perfectly. The cremator, uh, I think that is very sadistic in a way of like manipulating ashes, uh, yeah. to like is he resurrecting people? Yeah. Because that would be kind of wicked. I think it's um, just their ashes. So, like, I don't know if you... I just watched this recently because I'm constantly having Doctor Who on in the background while I work. But there's an episode of Capaldi's run when they go to space and they have a... If you guys hear my dog in the background, somebody just got here. He's going crazy. Um, there's Capaldi goes to space and there's these machines that don't allow you to sleep. Oh, yes. And they turned into dust monsters. That's what yes. I would assume. It's something okay. like that. Okay, um, in that case, um, I would probably choose the 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 cremator. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be the best thing too. I will say I don't mind these things. I don't mind these questions, but these are kind of in line with us giving us stories, and we shouldn't be reading these too much. You know what yeah, I mean? Because like sure. if if we end up creating a character similar to this in the future, and you know, it just it it kind of causes problems. So uh, I don't mind those, but you know, if they start getting really good, I might have to tell you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, last one. Okay, Conf- this is another question from last week from Jason Todd because we were confused about the breaking the bat story. Yes, and I think he has the writer wrong. Because Jason Todd says the Breaking the Bat arc I was talking about was the James Tinian run uh, where Alfred gets a fatal neck massage by Bane. I had mixed feelings on it and wanted to know what you two think of it in hindsight and how they expanded Thomas Wayne's Batman. That's King's run. That's King's run. Yeah. Yes. Um, So Juice would tell you he absolutely loves Tom King's run. That's what started Um, this podcast. It is exactly literally that podcast. thing started this podcast. Um, I enjoyed bits and pieces of it. Uh, there was a lot of things that Juice kind of had to like warm me up to. And for me, I think the biggest miss on that story and what ended up coming afterward was Gotham Girl. Yeah. Uh, I think that is the biggest miss of the entire story. Um, because there was even parts of that run that had to be written by Williamson because they were wanting to connect the Flash and Batman stories for for certain crossovers um, that didn't write Gotham Girl very well. Yeah. Um, that being said, the story of Thomas Wayne, I think, doesn't really make sense, but was made better with Jeff Johns in his flashpoint story that he just finished Mm -hmm. that he technically is continuing with the JSA stuff. 
How did he? How, what do you mean? It doesn't make sense, though. I'm curious on how. Well, just like in the sense of, of the greatest of the greater DCU, not mm. necessarily Tom King's run. Like what Tom King was doing with Thomas Wayne, I think like it kind of itched me the wrong way of like, hey, I don't want you to be Batman, so I'm gonna kill everything you love. Mm-hmm. Like that's a horrible way of thinking. Again, Thomas Wayne is not right in the cabeza, so yeah, I can understand. Yeah, I can understand why that sense of thinking is wrong for him mm-hmm. and why it kind of made sense for the story. The idea of him making that jump from being in Arkham hospitalized with like almost every bone in his body broken yeah. uh, and his jaw and then magically being in uh, the multiversal story with that Justice League. Yeah, the jump didn't make sense, and they were kind of just like, "Ah, eh, we're kind of retconning, but still taking some things, but not really." There was just no connected tissue there, and yeah. I think that was a fumble as well. But That's like on I Williamson, said, right? that is on Williamson. But yeah. like I said, it was made better with the Jeff John story that he did. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I love that art to be honest. Um. Because we talked about it on that podcast. The reason why I wanted to do the podcast so much was to talk about the idea of would Alfred stay dead? And if he comes back, is it a cop out? Like that was the big topic. And I think we both said it would be a cop out if he came back and he stayed dead. Um, And he's still dead to this day, which for anybody that hates Tom King, like, yo, he did something that has not been done in comics in 80 years from my understanding of keeping a character dead like that. And I don't know if DC, that's their plan. Again, there has been characters that have died for a while and then come back later. There's always the chance for Alfred to come back. For sure. For sure. I I, I guess I meant in Batman, like in a main Batman title. Well, for the fact that like DC is like already been through kind of one like soft reboot since Mm -hmm. then. And he still isn't back. Like, that's a little shocking. Yeah. Um, but I can see there being another reboot-ish on the horizon. And if he's still not back, that's going to be surprising. Yeah. It's it's weird that they're like, yeah, we don't want to have the next 80 years of Batman. We still want him to be single for the next 80 years, but we can get rid of Alfred. Like, <laughs> that'll be enough of a change, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed that arc. Um, but as for how Thomas Wayne was, cause I think people, I, I didn't think it was that much of a stretch from what was happening in flashpoint. Right. Cause yeah. flashpoint, he was murdering people. He had no problem doing that kind of stuff. And he probably never wanted to be Batman himself. I think unlike, I think Thomas Wayne's mission was different than Bruce Wayne's mission. Bruce Wayne is to protect other people so they never have to go through what he did. Thomas Wayne is kind of like a mission of just vengeance, of like taking out all the bad people because they fucked over his world, you know? But he he never wanted to be Batman, you know? That's the vibe I get from him, at least. He just yeah. became Batman to, to change shit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I've been wanting to go back and read that whole series because... Dom King had some crazy ass stories in there. Like the booster gold story is wild. The one that I've been wanting to go back to is cold days. Uh, yeah. I think that is my favorite story in Tom King's whole Batman run. Yeah. Um, it really spoke to like 
who Batman is like at the core. Yeah. Um, and it, and it kind of brought him back to like, Hey, you know, I stumbled with this whole Selena and Catwoman thing, but now I'm going to be, I'm back, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what brought back the classic suit too. Yeah. He got the chonas back. Um, the, but, and it blows my mind on how, how Zadarsky fumbled that in six issues. Like, Oh yeah. I can't believe with Selena. I got to do my own thing. I got to be, I got to be yellow, purple underwear, Batman. Like, bro, what? story's so bad dude man uh we're gonna have one writer team later that we think should take over batman um which we can dive into comics right now because i don't think we have anything else uh you didn't well, get anything we, on twitter right uh yes we do have oh. something right here it's not questions it is regarding comic book news oh. so uh dc has just officially announced dc brings night terrors and manga to comics pros so uh the night terrors that has been somewhat this was already kind of like uh solved by some people who uh kind of manipulated the photo of the dawn of dc yeah like manipulated the lighting and saw this uh this title here but it is now officially announced it says today's comic pro uh convention dc uh illuminated the D dawn of dc timeline to reveal its summer event night terrors written by joshua williamson uh with the art by howard porter um that's a little worrisome um because i've i've recently seen how many people have finally realized that williamson cannot write events he's much better at solo series yeah. um but the really cool exciting update is japan has been doing a lot of manga lately uh, these were announced several years ago, and we talked about them when they were announced. They're finally coming to DC Universe Infinite, and they're going to get physical copies. Uh -huh. uh, so there is Batman Justice Buster, uh, Joker, which this concept is freaking wild. This is where yeah. Batman turns into a baby, and Joker has to take care of him. Um, that's going to be a wild story. And then there's also a Superman manga as well. Uh, these will be on the DC Universe Infinite app, but like I said, they are getting a physical release as well. Um, there's these really cool uh, variant covers for the Night Terrors mm -hmm. um, for Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. I really like this Jason Fabic one um, yeah. because it, you see the Trinity, but then you look at the people's phones that they're taking the picture. And each one is represented for like what night terror that they are. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fabric is dope. I like his art. Yeah. Um, cool. I gotta man, now I gotta go put those mangas on my list. Um, I also gotta go take off some I need to get off of uh single issues, man. I need to go cut off my Tom King issues because I'm just like that's the only thing I'm getting because here's the thing, man. I know the comic shop's putting in other stuff I don't want in my box, and I don't yeah. go over there every month. And I pay for it. I'm like, bro, I'm like, you got to take that shit off. I didn't ask for it. And so it just makes it more complicated. And they're like, oh, we can trade it out for something. And I'm just like, well, I don't want anything else. What are you going to do? Like, it's just like. That's uh, how they get you, man. That's you how know? they get you. So I got to go and I got to like, here's the thing. I don't want to close my box until I take all my stuff over there to sell. Yeah. Because I feel like the moment I close my box, they're not going to give me as good of a deal. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn. So I got to keep my box open, but I haven't got my ass over there to take my comics. <laughs> So anyways, 
Uh, moving on to comics of this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you that are Catwoman fans, there was a Catwoman book this week. I skimmed it. There, a lot of people on Twitter were talking about uh, Bruce writing Selena a letter in jail and talking about, I don't know. I just, when I skimmed it, I felt like that's not the way Bruce would talk, in my opinion. So some people yeah. are talking about that, like, oh, he still loves her in jail and stuff. I'm like, that story's dead, though. Like, who cares? She killed somebody. She already slept with somebody else. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm waiting for that to get retconned already. So do not care about Catwoman. Um, I didn't read Deceased War of Undead Gods. So I just skimmed it. So I read it because mm -hmm. uh, Juice did, in fact, text me. He was like, meh. You know, I skimmed it and yeah. saw the last page, and I was like, even more meh. So, yeah. uh, I will just go ahead and tell you it's more undead. It mm -hmm. is the big fight between uh, Minitzel Spitlick and the Spectre, and that kind of goes crazy. Uh, Jim Corrigan is ripped out of uh, the Spectre, killed, and so the Spectre needs a new host, and it finds its host in the last page being alfred because tompkins dies well she gets turned uh yeah she she does get infected and uh one of the new gods is fighting uh damian wayne batman yeah and he he's like i'm not gonna lose another son and freaking i thought he was getting the green lantern powers because his eyes were turning green yeah and then all of a sudden he's a fucking specter and punches the shit out of this zombie dude I'm like, mm. oh shit. Um it's cool. Yeah. But I don't know how I feel about this. Uh this is issue number 6, I think, and there's two more issues. Um I think there's enough time to end the story, yeah. but I feel like this seventh issue that's coming up is basically going to be the ending with 8 being either the for sure ending epilogue to be like hey happily ever after or dun 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 another dc book is about to be announced you know like yeah um i don't care about the series anymore um i think it kind of you know i think when i saw dark side become a yellow lantern i was kind of like oh okay we're gonna start doing all that now and i kept reading it and i just don't care anymore like you know, I think I would I like the story, mm -hmm. but for me, I genuinely think if DC was smart enough to after this story ends, finally putting this as like an omnibus, like yeah. of all the stories just in one book and I read it like that, I think it's going to be a more compelling story because okay. um, making this three different separate titles i think that's what kind of killed it for me yeah if you were to tell me hey this is a limited series that's going to end at issue 20 like yeah it feels like an ongoing but we definitely are gonna have an ending to it i think that's a little bit more compelling to me yeah whereas this was like oh look how great was that ending oh what what a wonderful elseworld oh by the way there's more Oh wow! That now that's getting a spinoff. Oh wow! Look yeah. at that! Now we have a third book. Like it's, it's it kind of gets a little overwhelming. But if you were to tell me just from the start, 
hey, this has a for sure ending and it's within this amount of time, then I, I think I could enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, so I was looking for, I just did a video recently because I think I found um, this quote that I think sets up Tom Taylor perfectly. This quote from this video I was working on says, uh, they were talking about the movie Artificial Intelligence and how like the movie's good, but it just went on way too long. And this, this quote from somebody says, that movie was a prime example of the adage that part of knowing how to paint a great masterpiece is knowing when to stop painting. I don't think Tom Taylor knows when to stop painting. Because I think he's, I, I, I hate to constantly use this, but I think he's jumped the shark. I, I think that's hard to say. Like, I, I'm not going to say that he's jumped the shark, but I, I know... Do you know who doesn't know how to stop painting? DC. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 more of DC because Tom Taylor can have a story, but then DC goes to him and be like, you need to add more. You, yeah. you need more, 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 more. And like, that's not entirely up to, to Taylor. Yeah. You know? I agree. But we also do know that he doesn't stick the landing on a lot of his stuff. And is that because DC's already telling him when we want more, so he ruins the ending? Or does he just not know how to end a story? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I was, as I was skimming through this, I was like, why do I hate um, Dark Knights of Steel? What happened in the last issue? Because I knew I was pissed. You were pissed because of the White Martians. Oh, yeah. Fuck those guys, dude. I forgot about that. Oh, I was just, right when you said what? I was like, oh, it's the fucking White Martians. Yeah, it's so dumb. It, it's too convoluted. And I think that's yeah. what happens here. Now, Alfred is the specter and all this kind of stuff. Like what happened? Like, why couldn't Alfred just like do a big sacrifice or something? You know, like, why did he have to turn into a super powered monster and all this kind of stuff? Like, I mean, I would have liked the Green Lantern and that would have been cool. But I think it's just it's gotten to the point where like, all right, everybody's just dying. And it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever were watching The Walking Dead, but. At one point, like the the most exciting things about The Walking Dead was like who was the next person that's gonna die, like you know, and everybody was kind of just waiting for that. And then Negan yeah. shows up, makes a big splash, and then for two seasons, everybody kind of falls off because they just like, eh, well, nobody's like, you know, like it's Negan's just Negan's, them. Negan's not dying. Like that, yeah. I think that yeah. was the biggest thing. Was like, okay, he screwed up the family dynamic, and yeah. nobody's going after him. Like, yeah. fuck this guy. And fuck yeah, that's show. what a lot of people started hating. But he's the Thanos of that series. Like, you, you can't just disappear. Like, it would ruin everything. So, um, yeah, I think that was a big, a big problem there. I just think it's, I don't know. I think it just gets, you lose me when you start doing too much, in my opinion. You know? Um, yeah. It might be kind of like the perfect example is like Danger Street, right? There's like so much going on in Danger Street that I'm just kind of like, all right. There's, you know, it's kind of hard to keep up with this. So. Uh, I kind of think that's where Tom Taylor's at. So maybe it's the thing that Tom's do. Maybe Tom's just do too much. So um, that's a thing. But let's move on to, uh, let's do Nightwing first. Because I actually enjoyed World's Finest, even though it was just kind of a little whatever issue. But um, what did you think about this Nightwing? Because again, did you find out if this is Taylor or not? So it is Taylor. The, okay. So this is the first time this has happened in Taylor's run. But there's a backup story. Oh, did I read the backup? So, so there's there's two different 
stories. There's the one with the smiling man. Uh-huh. And then there's the Superman story at the end. Damn, did I, I must have blazed through that first one then, because I thought it was the whole story. I thought so too. But when you look at the ending of Taylor's story and then how the next one starts, I was just like, this doesn't like the transition doesn't make sense. So uh, with the way our phones and we read these digitally, guys, because we get them in advance. Yeah. Um, you sometimes have to scroll to get the entire picture mm -hmm. um, or at least zoom out, depending on what you're reading from. Oh, yeah. It's but a weird it says it says at the very bottom next, the grinning man. And then it goes into Bloodhaven now. So, yeah, I was kind of confused by that because I was like, why did they go into the portal? And now it's now like that was weird. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, what do you think of it overall? Did you read both? I did read both. Um, I don't like how Nightwing has now become the Titans book. Because we're yeah. getting a Titans book later. Yeah. I think the Titans portion of this book or the story that Taylor is wanting to tell should have waited until he's actually there in the Titans title. Um, this does play a little bit a part of what was going on in issue 98, the book that Juice thought freaking Taylor jumped the shark again. Uh, yeah. So. I don't think you like this very much, but this was it had bits and pieces for me that were fun. Uh like the whole thing with uh with I, the little I, girl, I, what's I her name? I want to uh, clarify my statement on it because I think I said it on the podcast. I hated it when we read it, but in hindsight, that issue by itself I thought should have been an annual, not yes. part of the whole story. And because, and that's what we said. We yeah. said that 98 and 99 or 98 and 100 yeah. should have switched places. Yeah. Uh because the or it was 98 and the annual number 2 should have switched places. Yes, yes. Because the annual number 2 actually had story elements that were being told within the actual ongoing series. Yeah. Whereas 98 was kind of a subplot type of fun story mm -hmm. which is now paying off in this issue here. Yeah. Um and uh, this little girl who was in issue 98, Olivia Desmond, um, I like this whole moment with Raven and Beast Boy with like him turning into a unicorn and them like pretending and stuff. I think that's yeah. really fun. Uh, but it doesn't move the needle on everything else that we've been reading about this book. This is starting a new arc. This is a brand new story uh, other than this small segment with Olivia. So... It's not the greatest, but I do like this moment where uh, Amanda Waller shows up. Yeah. And Nightwing is playing ball. He's like, hey, I took pictures. I grabbed all the evidence. I am willingly giving all of this to you. And she's like, well, this is actually an investigation for uh, the Vlatvian embassy. So you're going to cooperate with them. And it brought up a question that I that I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. would it be a compelling story if Waller had control of the Justice League like she does the Suicide Squad? Um, Yeah, I think it could be because it would be conflicting morals. Yeah. And like, would they play ball with her being in charge? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, I think it'd be more compelling with her in charge but hasn't there been a story where, like, the Justice League was disagreeing with the President of the United States? Pretty sure there's been a story like that. 
There might have been. Or wasn't it might have been. Yeah. 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 You know? That was pre pre New Fifty Two. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that story's been done, but a modern day version with Amanda Waller that'd be interesting. Um, but she also did fight the Justice League, so I don't know. If Has they a bit. See, here's here's the crazy thing. Uh, what if they? I'm surprised they haven't done this yet. Amanda Waller as president. Yeah, um, that would be pretty crazy. Um, but I think she likes doing the co-op shit. You know, she's like, I'd rather I so. be behind the scenes. Uh, I think the the president's just too showy for her. You know, I feel like she she's somebody that talks shit about the president. You know, like a like a bad manager. She's like my fucking manager sucks. You know, I'm doing all the work. Ah, okay. So the the of gods and monsters uh, animated movie. Uh-huh. She was the president in in that like alternate universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think she works better as a co-op. I mean, uh, you know, freaking behind the scenes kind of person, which I like. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What did you think of as for the whole Titans thing? I'd actually prefer it to be in Nightwing instead of having a separate book, unless you're doing something, unless you're building to something else in that Titans book. But for the most part, we always see that they just do something like this. And then those books don't really amount to anything, which kind of sucks. That's what I'm worried about. Um, Yeah. My biggest thing is what the fuck is up with the sister, Tom? Like still, they don't don't heartless. And and here's the thing, right? Like I should have seen it coming from a mile away but when we see the demons talking to uh neuron mm-hmm. and he's like oh well uh i need you to uh talk about a girl or uh he says a soul was taken that belongs to me a girl she's the daughter of and i didn't even read the rest and mm-hmm. then i saw uh, olivia desmond i was like for a minute, I thought they were going to be talking about Nightwing's sister. So I scrolled back up. And I was like, oh, wait, this is for the story from issue 98. Yeah. And then read it from there. Uh, I really need Taylor to stop the diddly daddling on the whole thing with Nightwing's sister yeah. and with Heartless. Like, I need those to be concluded or progressed before we move on to, to new stories. Yeah. And the thing is, is, I think we need to go back and look, but I just feel like he did a terrible situation with the because if if they've already confirmed it, like he like if there was a little line in the book that we just missed, it's like, oh yeah, I checked your DNA or something, and you're my sister, you know? And like there's no questions or whatever. Like, I I think there needs to be more there. And I I just don't get it. I feel like it's a huge plot hole to me. Also, remember that um Nightwing has a safety deposit box in a super crazy villain pirate ship. Yeah. Nope. What's going on there? Don't know. I I feel like Taylor is just opening all these doors and he's the asshole that doesn't want to close them. It's like, uh, you're letting the AC out, bro. It's hot in here. I would also really hate it if he's opening all these doors to answer them in the Titans book. Fuck him if he does that. Like, for real. Uh, Yeah, he, he just feels like he's he sees new toys and he just wants to play with those instead of playing with the ones he just got. And I'm just like, finish the fucking story, bro. Um, and he's not even making like Heartless a bigger villain. Like if Heartless contacted this Neuron guy or whatever his name was, like that would be interesting. Like yeah. I've been giving you a bunch of souls. Now do something for me. You know, like that's an easy yeah. connection. But um, I don't know. I don't know what Taylor's doing here. So again, I think he does too much. So 
there's that. The backup, which wasn't Taylor, I thought was interesting. Kind of a, you know, world's finest in his own version, Nightwing yeah. and, and John. Um, and there, somebody's kind of revisiting Nightwing's childhood by trying to kill new circus performers. So I'm interested in the story. Yeah, um, I, I, th- I thought it was a very fun story in the sense of kind of reaching back to Nightwing's roots. And like even the uh, the ringmaster was like, who would want to hurt these kids? And he was like, it's not the kids. It's somebody who's wanting to lure the detective. And you see John like freaking x-ray the entire circus. And yeah. you see the bomb inside the teddy bear. Like these were parts of the story where I was like, oh, damn, like what's going to happen next? And so I, I I want to know what happens next, which is a that's all you really need for a backup story. Yeah, I want to know if the little girl died. The one right next to the teddy bear? Yeah. 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 Because you don't see it. Yeah, you don't see anybody. I mean, obviously Superman's there, so Superman could have done something. But we see a massive explosion, and Robin, the person he's – I mean, uh, Nightwing is holding the kid trapeze artist. So, like, it's not the little girl. I don't even see Superman there. So I'm assuming Superman's going to have saved a bunch of them. Uh, Maybe he picked up the whole, like, row and, like, you know, flew out. But – um. I'd also think it would be better if he just flew and got the bomb and threw it into the sky. But, you know, I'm not a superhero. Um, so, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see where that's going to go. But I I thought that was all Taylor, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, that Nightwing did seem different, though. He seemed more serious. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll see where that goes. Because I do like – a lot of people hate Taylor's version of Nightwing. I don't mind it. I like the upbeat personality. I think it's different. It's cool. Um, but I kind of like to see him serious as well. So that's kind of – kind of nice moving on to another robin story that involves dick grayson is we got the date between supergirl and robin in world's finest number 12 this one was just a good story this was a goofy ass story yeah yeah um so we have we know that for some reason when this series started there was something going on between uh robin and supergirl like they didn't want to work together or they thought it was just weird and we didn't know why. And we we made jokes about it, like, oh, something definitely happened between them. And so it turns out that Supergirl was infatuated with Robin, and she asked him out on a date, which, ladies, anybody listening to this podcast, be more like Supergirl. Um, because sometimes it sucks <laughs> asking some of y'all out. You can be intimidating. Um, but she asked him out because she thought he was a puny human, and thought she was going to have to save his life when he was getting dropped from the sky. And then he saved himself. And she was like, oh, damn, I want to talk to this boy. <laughs> and so she asked him out on a date. This dumbass goes to the date in his it Robin is, outfit. <laughs> and like her reaction is like, for the love of God, are you yeah. kidding me? And so she goes, changes her outfit. And she's like, are you, are you serious right now? Like, yeah. why are you in your costume? And he's like, Oh, well, you asked me out in your costume, so I just kind of assumed and like yeah. it's like, no, that's not like what are we doing? He's like, Oh, it's fine. Like it gives people things to talk about. We're, yeah. we're, we're gonna be a little show for them. It's fun. She is not having it. Yeah. And one thing, guys, guys who are listening to this, don't be like Dick Grayson right now. Yeah. Dick Grayson, this entire date is doing nothing but talking about him. Yeah, over and over and over again. This is such an awkward dinner date, Juice. Yeah. Like it, it gets to a point where he is 
talking to him, uh, talking about himself, like kind of making decisions for Supergirl. Uh, and there's a point where Supergirl's like, you know what? You're kind of like talking about yourself right now. Yeah. You're kind of getting nervous over this whole thing. Don't think too much. Think of somebody else. And she like is pointing to her <laughs> and he's just not getting any of the hints. Yeah. Yeah. And it's look. I'm not going to lie. I, I am very confident in a lot of things, not when I'm talking to beautiful women. I will tell you that right now. So I've probably pulled a Dick Grayson before. Um, but, you know, and also I will say you got to get better at that too because if you don't got an ass like Dick Grayson, you're not going to get far, okay? All right, that guy, that carries him pretty far. But the, the date just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> like, it's just so bad. Um, because I think there's points when she, she also tries to do it. Like she's like trying to talk about Krypton and all this stuff. And he's like, Dick Grayson is a very aware person. Cause he has to be right. Yeah. And he's all like, what's going on? Cause we saw that there was a guy chasing his dog. If I'm not mistaken, you're chasing no, his dog. Oh, monkey. Oh, monkey. Yeah. He's chasing yeah. his monkey. And what happens is he's chasing his monkey through the street. This monkey causes a truck full of bowling balls to this was crash. So ridiculous, yeah. It's, it's wild. <laughs> Bully balls fly everywhere, start breaking other windows and stuff like that. And you would think Supergirl would hear this first. I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but Dick Grayson being very self-aware of what's going on, he's like, yo, she's talking and like the the waiters coming by and trying to get their order and stuff like that. He's like, uh, yo, we got to go outside. And he like jumps out the window and starts well, no, like the way that he says it. He's like, Supergirl, bowling balls, monkey, car accident. Yeah. Like he's just, and she's like, if you're playing charades, you're not supposed to talk. Like what's yeah. going on? And she's like, oh crap. I thought you were joking. Okay. Let's, let's get to work. And they start to save everybody. And Robin being, of course, the one trained by Batman is the one yeah. giving the commands. He's like, okay, you make sure everybody's safe. I will stop the avalanche. And I'm like, Robin, you're just one dude. Yeah. This is where it got fucking ridiculous for me, man. Have you have bowled before? Yes. You know how heavy bowling balls are. Yes. The way that Dick Grayson Robin here is just fucking stopping all of these freaking bowling balls. Wild. Yeah. With his absolutely. Feet. <laughs> and he he's wearing the Peter Pan outfit too. It's not the pants version, which is weird. Well, I guess this is prior when they first met, so he would have the Peter Pan outfit. Yeah. Um, but he has pants at the start of this series. So um, yeah, he's going on with his little booties and like freaking catching them with his feet and stuff. Like it's ridiculous. Now we can assume that maybe these were all child bowling balls. Maybe that's more <laughs> believable. But he's also a superhero that probably he probably bench presses like. 500 pounds you know so yeah. like maybe it's not a thing for him but uh i do think it's funny that he's doing all this heroic stuff and then he's like monkey and then his monkey jumps on his face and he's like ah you know freaking out and then um the guy catches his monkey and he falls back into supergirl into water and then they're just like let's just go finish the date and they go back they're like all soaked and terrible and it's time to end the date because it's going bad. Robin this didn't was bring his bad, fucking wallet. <laughs> <laughs> the way the way that he's like, oh, like because the whole thing was, oh, am I gonna pay? Are you gonna pay? Is yeah. It, like the one fuck up that he did in the very beginning of this date was like, you know who I am. I'm gonna pay for the date. Yeah. And he's like, oh wait, no, that sounded really snooty. I'm so yeah. sorry. That's not what I meant. <laughs> and so at the end of the book, she's like, go ahead, hurry up, pay, and we're leaving. He's like. Oh shit! I forgot my 
I forgot cash. I yeah. can't use my card because it has my name. Let me go to the ATM. And she's like, the ATM has a camera, dumbass. Like, you're, yeah. you're going to get caught. He's like, I'm no, no, no. Was... I'm... <laughs> oh, I love it. I love... The, it's the, so the explanation. It's yeah. The explanation of it all is what makes it funny because he, he's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to go straight to the ATM. I'm going to yeah. go change, then go to the ATM, get money, and then come all the way back, change it to my outfit, and come back, and then I'm going to pay. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? Just just let me pay. And she pulls up her wallet. Yeah. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Now, the one thing at the very end... Um, I don't know if I took this a little too seriously, but the way Superman, like, it almost felt a little condescending the way he said, uh, cause you know, she's saying like, Robin needs, like, people need to check up on, on him more. Like, yeah, he is too into himself, but only because it's probably because nobody freaking talks to him. Mm-hmm. Like nobody gives him attention. So somebody needs to be giving him attention. And so the way that Superman says is he says, Kara, that is the most mature thing you could have said. People work years in therapy to gain insight like that. And mm. it almost sounded a little condescending. So I don't know if I was just reading it a little too seriously at that point. Mm. Uh, but he's like, I'm really proud of you. And then the very end of the book is uh, Nightwing will becoming Nightwing because that was the little cameo tease at the yeah. very beginning. He has the awesome freaking blue and yellow suit that i want so bad um but well he, he he did it because he batman's all like she's still gonna know who you are yeah. and he wanted to do it to like so she wouldn't know who he is anymore that's <laughs> so good yeah uh but he's he's like why can't we it's so this is fucking meta right yeah here. he's like why can't we be like the other guys with with significant others why can't we get the girl yeah and, and it's in my mind i'm like batman could have had a catwoman Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Catwoman. Yeah. Um, but like Batman's like, oh well, uh, what about Hawkman? It was like, uh, he had to die to finally get the woman that he loves. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, what about a long-related man? And he's like, we are not like Ralph Dipney. We are not funny guys like him. He's like, oh yeah, yeah I guess you're right. And the I... the odd thing at the end, though, yeah, was what got me. But what were you gonna say? No, no, no. Uh, what the Talia sister? That part? Yeah. 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 She does have one. Are you serious? Yeah, she has a sister, but she's like extremely crazy. Um, she's she's in Arrow, bro. Talia's sister is in Arrow. Really? Yes, she's the one that wears red or whatever. She's hot. But in the comics, she's oh. like super crazy. Nina or something. Nina That's Talia or something right. like that. I forget her name. Nisa. Nisa. There That's you go. Right. Yes. Yeah, so she does. Um, so that would be funny. But no, what I was going to say is when I was reading this, I had a question because you were the one that told me about this story. Is elongated man's wife the one that got raped? Or is that somebody else? No, he, uh, he's she's the one that got killed. Well, she was killed and raped, I think. Yes. Wasn't that the whole story? Like they were just like, well, well that was well, fucked up. Well, uh, no, she didn't die. She, no, she yes, yeah, she did. She died, but it was uh the Adam's wife or ex-wife that killed her. Cause that was the whole thing with identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. She died? I thought she was just like raped, sexually assaulted. No, no she she died because uh because uh Adam's ex-wife had to like freaking cover her tracks and everything like she mm, oh yeah yeah yeah. so but that was dibney right yeah 
Yeah. So like when I when they used that, I was like, oh, like that's you can probably, use somebody else. Yeah, I was gonna say probably you know? the wrong person to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I think they they try to wipe that story away from their their history, but I think it's still a good story, even though it has a fucked up premise. Um, but that was just a fun issue, which I think I needed that after all the randomness they've been doing in Robin and everything like that. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is Robin five coming out next week or is that in two weeks? Because uh, I think it's. Because we have to talk about it. Because it has a Dragon Ball Z moment. It's next week. It's next week? Okay. Yeah, It has a very anime moment um, that we need to discuss. But that's it. I thought that was a fun issue. Moving on to arguably one of the best stories I've read this year. I think we could say that. For this uh, Clayface One Bad Day story. I texted... I posted this in the Discord... I don't know if I texted it to you, but I think I posted it in the Discord first. Um, this is the best book out of the series. And Tom King is was at my top of my list before this book. Yeah. And I think this is better than Tom King's Riddler story. Um, this is just a fucking great book. And this is the way you use, I don't want to say the word cameos, but this is the way you use other source material from other stories in a brand new story while still focusing on the main character, because there was a lot of deep cuts in this book. Yeah. Um, But go ahead. Tell me what you thought about this. I do want to say before we start, I love that they included scripts in the artwork. Yes. Um, The idea of this story, I think was already when you posted that this was like the greatest clay face story you've ever read. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, expectations are now high. Like, Either I'm going to agree with you or we're going to have a really bad argument in this review. Uh, yeah. And so I was kind of nervous going into this. Uh, after reading it, man, this was phenomenal. Now, the idea of where this lands in the timeline isn't even important to me. No. Because of the way they wrote Clayface and his his hurt mm-hmm. his like just the way he is trying to progress as a human being living in society like all of these things and the idea of one bad day this is one bad day now again yep. it's not one day it's like i think batman says it at the end like it's 9 days or no no i think it is no, one it's day. nine people Nine people in one day, yeah. I think, is the line. So it is one bad day. Yeah. Um, dude, this was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I I love the dialogue with this. I will say the the panel layouts in the very beginning when they're having all the conversations with yeah, little much. that that was a little much, and I was like, oh, I hope the rest of the book isn't like this. It settles down. It gets to the point, and it is great. There's one point of dialogue in this book that absolutely sold the entire book to me and it is said by batman at the very end Mm -hmm. that like just solidifies clayface's like whole identity and life at this moment yeah Yeah, i know what you're talking about yeah we'll talk about it it. like oh it was so gut-wrenching and i felt for clayface and dude it is just so so good 
this book managed to make you feel for characters you've never seen before or never cared about. Because his friend, who's also the waiter that gets a role that he was going for, and then Clayface murders him. Corey. I was like, yeah. oh. I was like, what poor guy? So let's give a whole concept of this. Clayface is no longer in Gotham. He is in Hollywood trying to become an actor, which I think this is really cool. We have this nice shot of him like doing his morning routine and like showing himself as Clayface. And then he makes him so he's like running his lines. And you don't know what these lines are for, which when I found out, I was like, oh, oh, it's so it's good. good. It's yeah. good, man. So he's running these lines and he's slowly turning from Clayface into his form that he likes to walk around as. And he goes to his waiter job and he's doing his waiter stuff. And of course, if you've ever been to Hollywood, the like rumor is like all the waiters are trying to make it in Hollywood. They're trying to be script writers. They're trying to be actors. And everybody's just a waiter. Like that's the, the gimmick of everything. And so they're doing this waiter stuff. Apparently there's some big directors at this uh, restaurant or whatever. And everybody's kind of just chatting, right? And then him, uh, then they're going to go to these auditions. And his friend Corey, I believe you said his name was, he's like, hey, man, we're going for the same role. Like, I just want to let you know that. I hope there's not any, like, kind of any bad feelings. And they're having, he's like, well, come with me. Like, we'll drive together, right? So they go to this role. And as they're having this conversation, he's like, he was like, dude, this role's for you, man. Like, he's talking, Corey's telling this to Clayface. He's like, you do the dramatics. Like, you know this. You know how to, like, feel pain. And you know how to express that. I'm just the comedy guy. Like, why would they want me? Like, that makes no sense. Like, I don't know how to do drama. And Clayface gives him this speech. He's like, you have to want it. Like, you have to be that character. He's like, if you don't know it, just be yourself on how he was like, no, no, no. He says, if you don't know it, then lie. And like, yeah. that's what everybody says. Fake it till you make it. Right. And he's like, yeah, okay. All right, cool. Clayface goes in and he reads these lines. He's so tormented. And he's like all that. And they're like, they're like, that was good, but can you, like, it's supposed to be a little bit more upbeat. Can you make it, you know, have some more fun? They, they, they the phrase that they use is, can you pep it up a little bit? Like, yeah. like, just pep it up. And he's like, pep it up. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and he gets so angry because you do not know the concept of what he is talking about. Yes. The, 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 the idea of what he is auditioning for is not given to you until later in this book. Yeah. So, He's like, this dude's a murderer. And they're like, oh, that was all on the news. Like, in in like he's funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah. And like, it's so freaking funny because of the secret relationship that Clayface kind of has with this character that yeah. we're talking about. And so he is pissed off. He slams on the desk of the audition table, and they're like, you know what? Actually, I think we're done here. We'll give you a call back later. Yeah. One thing I want to point out that I think doesn't get a lot of praise in comic books, the lettering here was phenomenal. I loved how his letterbox, when he was like getting mad as Clayface, it would have these like spud, like clay like things around the lettering. Looked Mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, It's just the small little nuances like that, I think, is very, very fun. Yeah. So then after the audition, they're on top of like Hollywood Hill, essentially. They're up in the hills. They're at this place and they're looking over the city and he's having a conversation with his friend. They're kind of talking about like, you know, life or whatever. And just talking about like, oh, Clayface is kind of venting. He's like, the storyline is trash or whatever. And Corey gets a call and he goes off and Clayface, as he's ranting, he's slowly, his face is slowly turning into clay. 
And uh, then Corey turns and he's all like, I got the part. And I think you've seen this in movies a million times when there's like yeah. actors and like their best friend gets the part. Like they're devastated and they're like, you, you got it. Uh, hey, yeah, congrats. And it's just like. But I think the one thing that hurts the most in this part is now we have Corey's monologue. And Corey's yeah. monologue was like, dude, I got the part because of you. Yeah. Like, you told me to lie. And that's what I did. And I finally realized that this is who the character is. And like he really got into the part when he was yeah. auditioning. That was the whole point of this. And so when he turns around, he's like, Clay. And he sees himself. And yeah. you're like, oh, fuck and then all of a sudden you just see all of the mud of Clayface gather Corey pull him in and then you just see Corey's dead body inside the trunk yeah it's like he sucks his like all his blood out or something because he like yeah. he looks mummified yeah. um that visual of him just like it looks so anime like fucking just swallowing it, him up it looks, it so, looks dope. so good uh art in this book is phenomenal by the way yes so great so then you see he puts the body in the trunk and he just drives away as clay and then he's like walking down the street and he goes to the actual movie as clay he, or he, as, he, the, as the guy as Corey. Corey. as Corey. Yeah. he goes to the set and he's like he's basically gonna take over this guy's life because yeah. he wanted the role yeah and he goes on set and it like just the attention to detail of like him like patting his the sweat off of his forehead yeah you see the crease of the mud and you're like oh shit what's gonna happen and then you see this this woman's like oh man you're running late like you have to go get into costume and, and makeup and hair and blah, blah blah yeah and the very small panel dude the moment you see the dialogue it mm -hmm. says pictures up in an hour the killing joke scene 31 take one mark and you see the little wow. clip and yep. it says the killing joke and i'm like that makes so fucking loved sense it. it's loved so it. good yeah loved it because i've always said this right we've made the joke before on this podcast does batman own the intellectual property like does bruce wayne own the intellectual property to batman like does he own the rights so when they make toys and have bat burger and all that stuff is he getting all the money like who owns that you yeah. know and of course, there would be movies made about super villains and stuff like that because we make movies about mass murderers. You know what I mean? So yeah. why wouldn't this happen in Gotham? So the seeing fact, yeah. Also, just want to say the fact that this Corey guy just so happened to look almost fucking identical. Yeah to the fucking Joker in this story with the red hood and everything. I thought that is perfect yeah that was just a perfect addition and it just so happened that clayface turned into him so it, like it just all worked out so so well and the thing was Corey's audition went completely different to clayface yeah but clayface has this vision that's what he keeps saying he has this vision for this role and he plays it the way he wants to and guess what people aren't fucking satisfied yeah the director is pissed they cut they're like what's they're like what's going on this is not how the audition went blah, blah blah again clayface goes on this monologue and he's like you know what you're gonna if you're gonna be one of those fucking actors i gotta see a man about a horse and yeah. he tells everybody to take five 
and, the and next everybody's panel. like they do this really nice like five panel progression of all different people working on sets face and they're like fuck we're out of a job yeah because i see a man about a horse is basically like we're getting rid of this fucking guy you know yeah and so that just like fucks them up for the day um so everybody kind of like leaves all pissed and he goes to his trailer and i love how he's relaxing and he's melting like he's in his trailer there's this shot and he's just like melting and somebody's like banging on his door and it's the woman that gave him a job and she's fucking lighting him a new one and she's just like you fucking you fucked me and all this shit and blah blah, blah. like i gave you this fucking job i took a chance on you and blah blah now you're ruining my career and she's just like going off on him and clayface just fucking you see his eyes go turn into clay they go yellow and then she like freaks out and she tries to run out of the fucking RV and he just sucks her back into you it. You just see the clay dude. I need, I need so desperately if they wanted to like all these rumors of a fucking clay face movie, mm-hmm. this dude, yeah. this fucking book, this is what I need. Yeah. I 100% agree. We should just tweet James Gunn after this. Be like, Hey, if you haven't read this, this is your clay face movie right here. Yeah. Uh, not in Matt Reeves's universe. For Not sure. in Matt Reeves' universe. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, um, so Clay. The Fate, montage happens after this, which is yeah. fucking crazy. Well, we do see he leaves as her, just like he yeah. did with Corey. And then there's a montage of him just killing everybody on set, and it goes down to him being the director. Um, and the director is the last person, and then Clayface is just there, and he was like, um. I was hoping you would be last. And then he fucking kills the director and he turns into the director. And then he goes and talks to the producer of the company or like the president of the company. And they're shutting down the movie. They're like, dude, the luck, the luck that fucking Clayface is having is so fucking rotten, man. Cause he thinks every little piece of this puzzle is going to help him be big in hollywood yeah and it just keeps going bad yeah and he's all like look dude we're gonna we're gonna shut down the movie we'll give you something else he's like do you like gray ghost we can give you gray ghost and i'm just like gray ghost like i fucking <laughs> love gray ghost and so like i thought that was cool and he's like no this is art it's my art and then the like the dude is like max buddy he was uh this should be more of a listen uh, a listening session for you. So basically, like, you need to shut the fuck up. You have no power here. And he was like, movies are garbage. Uh, they're empirical, uh, imperial, I think is what he said. Um, they're d- uh, dedicated, rap- they're duplicated rapidly. Is that what he says? Um, depreciate, they depreciate rapidly. Sorry, I'm reading yeah. the wrong stuff. Uh, he was like, they are a bad investment. So like, and, well, I was, was going to say, the, the, the thing that he kind of alludes to is the problem that most people are having in Hollywood today, mm-hmm. which is he states right here, uh, because again, Clayface being this director is like, This is gonna be my big break, like, this is gonna be my big movie, blah blah. blah. He's like, Your big break, like, the movie that you wanted to make is not franchise material, yeah, it's not going to continue making money. You're gonna make money and then you're gonna move on to the next thing. That's not if you if you guys know anything about the movie industry. Mm-hmm. right now with how things went for the mcu how things are wanting to be done with the dcu and everything else they're wanting to continue making the big bucks because you can't just sit alone on a standalone movie and hope to make a billion dollars yeah that's what they're looking for in this universe right here in the dcu right here and i just love that 
And Clayface is like, fuck this. And he just fucking slams the dude against the fucking wall. Yeah. And that's when he starts to take him over. This, like, the last part of this whole thing, him pretending to be this producer, the big time mm-hmm. producer, this was fucking wild. Because I don't yeah. think at, at, at this point, I don't think he fucking cares. He's just like, no. you know what? Now I'm the big dog. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. So he goes to his mansion, this massive mansion he has. He's like, who are you? My assistant? He's like, we're going to have a party. Big party. How much uh, How much can we do? He was like, I'll give you 10% or 15% of whatever you can spend. And she's like, or no, I think she says I could spend 15000 worth or some shit like that. And he's like, yeah. go for it. Because she's, she's making it bigger because she's going to get a big bonus out of this. So he's like, go for it. Do it. Invites all these people to his house. And he's all like, you guys see something? Feel free to take it. I don't give a shit. And so he's like giving away this guy's like material possessions and two, if I'm not mistaken. And then he invited two friends over that were his waiters that were also friends of Corey. Yeah. And he was all like, oh, I got you guys in. Come join up. Let's like, let's, let's talk or whatever. And he's starting to like, he's trying to make a move on the girl at one point. And they're kind of talking and she's all like, he's I don't know, kind of making her uncomfortable, I guess. Um, well, that's actually before that happens. We see Clay talking to a bunch of people, and he runs into a familiar face from Gotham, Bruce yep. Wayne. And he's all like, you're Bruce Wayne. He's like, what are you doing here? Like, Gotham's that way, you know? And he was all like, uh, my family built the city, son. He's like, it doesn't mean I can't leave it. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then he says that he's came here to make sure that they don't ruin something that was like a part of his childhood, which is the Grey Ghost. And I you was see, like, did you see who's starring as the gray ghost? No, I don't. I mean, it says, oh, Gar Logan. Is that Gar? That's that's Beast Boy. Yeah, that's crazy. How is he not green? Green? I don't know. I don't know. But it says Gar Logan. So I'm I'm assuming that means like because his name is really big that he's going to yeah. be the star of the movie. Um, In but I, the show, um, what is it? Uh, the Titan, not Titans. Um, the one on HBO Max that got canceled. Um, for getting it, was he able to change his skin color in that show? Because uh, isn't he a, no, a movie, a movie theater kid or whatever in that show too? And I didn't. I don't remember them bringing anything up about the the movie star stuff. But he was normal toned skin. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he could still have that. Yeah. And not be super comic accurate, but it doesn't really matter. I just saw that name and I was like, oh, yeah. that's a cool little, you know, cameo thing. Uh, but I, I love the way that that Bruce says this. He says that uh, the ghost was kind of a hero of mine, actually a folk hero slash boogeyman. I love the old serial. I assume the new version will be a bit more violent, but that's just with the times. Hell, mm-hmm. if they keep this up, the sky's the limit. Batman the movie. Can you imagine? Yeah. And so I, I, I just love that. I, I love because, again, I think he's also playing coy because I think at this point he knows. Yeah. I think he knows. And so uh, he starts like Clayface gets nervous because he knows. Like, I can only assume mm. if you wanted to play down the timeline, if Clayface was on the run. This may have been after Tinian's detective. Mm-hmm. Clayface was a part of Team Batman at one yeah. point. So he knows who Bruce Wayne is. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of play with that. 
Yeah. And well, we also know the theme of this one bad day, and it seems like everybody knows who Batman is. Exactly. So even if you play with that, he knows. And so he runs off to the bathroom. You see him change into the director, then Corey, then Clayface. He's like, no, what? No, I, I just got to go back out there. He goes back as his clay persona yeah. uh, and talks to his old friends. They start to get a little nervous. He's like, you know what? I have to tell you guys something, but don't freak out. Yeah. My name's not Clay. It's actually uh, 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 Basil Carlo. Yeah. And it was the girl who was like, oh, shit, that's Clayface. You're fucking Clayface. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. They start to freak out and he gets angry. He's like, like, because she knows one thing that was kind of in between the panels. Mm hmm is somehow she knows that Corey got the 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 part and yeah. not him mm -hmm. so that kind of like runs him to be all like just fucking crazy and what did you think of the panel when he looks down he sees the bat symbol in the pool what is that Wait, uh where when he's, when he's talking to them there's a small panel where he looks down do you think it just so happened to be in the shape of the bat symbol or was there something there? Like, do you think the bat wing was high above and casting a shadow? Like, what do you think? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't catch that. So yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. Uh, I would think, I mean, it could just be something Batman did. I don't know if it would be the bat wing because we don't see the bat wing. So I would, I want to assume that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was pretty crazy because the girl is kind of pressuring him. She's like, where's Corey? Like, where's Corey? And then he like freaks out and he's like, am I not enough for you? And then fucking kills her, um, which I think is fucking crazy. Well, he, <laughs> he, he doesn't kill her. He just like pushes her and you think she's dead because then the next thing you see is him turn into the producer guy. He's like, hey, you know what? This is all oh, been yeah, fun yeah. and all, but you guys should go home. Party's over. That's when the other guy comes out with a freaking like shattered freaking bottle. He's like, it's fucking Clayface. Everybody run. Yeah. And everybody starts to freak out. And he hears the sirens. He sees the lights. And you see that the girl actually called 911. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and then, this is, uh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just say that's when he jumps down and he's like, it's my turn. And so he kind of realizes who he is. And he's just like, I'm just going to fuck up everybody. Um, but everybody's already running at this point. So he's like chasing after people because uh, the cops are there. And he's like, I'm not going back. And he's like running through. He, he actually jumps through the Hollywood sign at one point, if you didn't notice that. And yeah. then uh, he's like running down the street and he gets to a park and he's like, uh, it's not like you think, Batman. And so he's talking just in the open. Like, you know, so maybe the Batwing was there. Maybe he knows. I don't know. And he just goes on this monologue of just talking about everything that happens. And there's this double page spread. He's like nine people in one day. He was like, nothing else matters. Cause like, you know, he's pouring out his heart where he's like, I was trying to be somebody different. I was trying to do this. And Batman's like, you killed nine people. I don't give a fuck what you're saying. You know, it's like that one chicken that we talked about last week that was trying to say she was playing the victim. And he was like, I don't give a damn. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, and, and Batman says, he's like, I would hope that one day, like you would listen to the voice inside of your head and just stop doing this stuff. Yeah. And he's like, but now I've known, I, I now know there is no voice inside your head. And this Clayface is like, you're wrong. I'm everyone. I'm anyone, which, and Batman says, which means you're no one. Yeah. And dude, 
when he said that, I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. It's it's dude, it's a small ass line, but it means so much. Yeah. I it was it was the line for me. I was like, this this is the greatest freaking clay face book I have ever read. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then uh, Batman starts beating the shit out of Clayface, naming everybody that he killed in a, a nine-panel spread. Um, so I thought that was really cool. How did you think about the Ghostbusters uh, weapon? Vacuum thing? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, the the idea of him like using like this little shock thing to like reverberate him to several different pieces... And then using this vacuum gun, like you said, kind of like Ghostbusters, bringing him in, uh, he's like, you killed these people. It was their story. Yeah. And you're just the actor. Like, they are the real people. You're the actor. And you just see, like, the Clayface eyes in this, like, bat symbol. Mm -hmm. I love, though, the way that you were explaining the whole script thing. It says fade to black. And then we move on to the rest of the story. Dude, this was just a great book. Yeah. Like, so, there so was good. This, this one panel after that particular thing that just shows, ev- it just says, well, back to work. And it's just everybody getting on with their lives in Hollywood because it doesn't matter what happened in one day. The next day is like, yo, we got to get back to making movies. Like this city doesn't sleep. Like we keep going. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Gotham and we're hearing somebody talk and we see Clayface on the ground, just his face. And it's like, it's all tentacled out clay. And it, it goes out, and he's in a box, a glass box, and he's spread out to be everybody that he killed. Like, that is the final shot. And, it and says, he's, like, begging them, like, because like, he's doing the opening line to the killing joke. Yeah. For the for the take that he was auditioning for. He's like, is, is there any notes? Like, could I yeah. do better? Like, I'm open to advice. Just please talk to me. And they're just all staring at him. It's so ominous. It's so yeah. fucking good. So good. Dude. Uh, this is one I'm going to have to buy on hardcover. Um, because that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I didn't, I was not expecting after we've had a lot of duds in this series that could have all been fantastic, you know, but I'm so glad that you let me know that the, the writers of this series are the ones that did Batman Neo Neo year, which made it into my top 10 of last year's books. I think it is a fantastic series. So I'm glad they wrote this Clayface book and man, F- fucking kick Zdarsky off right now and put them on this because they know Batman. Uh, they know his villains. They don't then like they had wackiness in this, but it didn't seem wacky. Like, you know, a Ghostbusters weapon, like, but I still thought it worked. I thought it was cool. Um, and they used they used elements in the right way. The gray ghost, the killing joke. They referenced them in movie forms instead of having to make characters or go to another alternate universe to meet these people. No. That shit happened, and bada bing, bada boom, we're making movies. And I love that the Grey Ghost, you still don't even, like, just throw the animated series episode away. It's still just something that Bruce liked when he was a child. It inspired him. That is awesome. And then him even referencing, you know, the Batman movie. Like, that is cool. Uh, So, and, and I've always said this, I have loved stories where Batman leaves Gotham. I like that he goes to other cities and does other things, you know, because you're never safe. Like, yeah, you think in Gotham, it's going to be the worst place to be, but he can get you anywhere. I mean, they showed that in the dark night, right? Like Batman doesn't have a jurisdiction. He goes wherever the hell he wants. He'll get back whoever he needs to get back. So yeah, I thought this was kind of cool. 
this was a fantastic fucking story. And I recommend anybody going to your local comic shop and picking this shit up um, because it's fantastic. So, yeah, um, I, I think that uh, I'm getting a text now that uh, Abby is wanting to go into town tomorrow. No, um, I might be dropping her off and then running to a comic shop to grab this. Yeah, I man, I, I have to drive past my comic shop tomorrow but I'm also going to be on a time squeeze, so I don't know if I'm going to go to it. So I don't know if I should just go to it today because uh, I got to also go see what they are trying to sell me that I'm not trying to buy right now. <laughs> so maybe I'll just switch it out with this book. But that book was fantastic. I wonder if I can get the Jim Lee cover. I wonder if they got that because the Jim Lee cover is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this was fantastic. I This is the best book in the series. We only have a couple more, I think. Is it just the Rachel Ghoul and is there another Rachel Ghoul? Um, let's see here. Uh, we already got we... Catwoman, Penguin, Bane. Um, which all of them, I mean, honestly, the only one I've really enjoyed was the King one. Some of the other ones were okay, but I like the story of the Catwoman one, but I hated the dialogue. Let's see here. Um these are just showing Riddler. I don't want Riddler. I want actual yeah. Uh, one shots let's see here we have the classic joker one there's the riddler two-face penguin mr freeze bane catwoman clayface so the raza ghoul is the last one interesting um man it just makes me kind of sad now that we got this clayface story and the other ones just didn't feel anything near this like yeah i feel like some of them just didn't realize like what one bad day should have been um, because Bane had nothing to do with one bad day. Uh, Penguin didn't feel that way either. So, like, I don't know. Because it, it's a great concept. It's a great concept. But I wish they would have had more, like, editorial on this and been like, oh, you're not really following the prompt, you know? Because this yeah. is, a, I mean, these books obviously weren't rushed out. Um, Catwoman's got delayed. So, like, it wasn't something you had to, like, put on a schedule. I wish they would have taken some more time. But this is this story was fantastic. I was not expecting this. And I always enjoyed this kind of stuff from comics. So, yeah. yeah, that's my opinion. But anyways, Clay, that is the end of this podcast. What do you got going on this week, man? Uh, so this week over at Star Wars Alliance, we reviewed episode 10 of The Bad Batch Season 2, as well as uh, reviewing the Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, which is the novelization uh, tie-in to the video games uh, Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. It's the in-between. Um, those are two separate episodes, but they're both up now if you would like to go listen. And then uh, as you are listening to this, possibly on Friday, uh, currently I have planned a uh, recording with my other Power Ranger co-host, uh, Jake. We're going to be talking about uh, TMNT Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue number three, where it looks like the Power Rangers are going to be mutated into their dinosaur forms, which looks really fucking cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, really cool stuff happening in the comics right now. Uh, so we're going to be talking all about that. Nice, nice. I am, I don't even know if I'll be live streaming this week because I have to go house sit again. So I will let you know. Just check out my socials to see what I'm up to. But that is going to be it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. And remember, Batman is awesome. Batman! New 